Let's go down to ringside. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. Welcome to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks so much for being with us here. It is episode number 188 here on Monday, August the 10th, 2020. We're going to romp you through the world of retro wrestling as always. I'm Joe Morata. I'm joined by Michael Quinn. How you doing, Michael? Howdy, Michael, August rolls along. How are you feeling about that? It's very August. Very, it is very it's August out there. I never remember the number, even though I was filling out seven whatever the whole last month. Oh, for your car and everything it, like that? It, yeah. But every year, it's like eight. Why, it's eight, why, yeah. why eight? Well, I'll tell you one thing. It's 188, yeah. or as Richard Land might say, 100. Two fat ladies. Right, yeah. That's right. And I don't mean why eight. I just mean that it's just confusing. That's that okay. Cool. Yeah. Don't worry about fat it. We ladies. all have our hang-ups and things like so that. So many fat ladies. But folks, thank you for not hanging up your podcast app here as you listen to us romp you through the world of retro yeah. wrestling. We are going to talk about stuff, but before we do, I want to mention Twitter. If you haven't followed us there, just do it right now. I promise it'll be good. It's at OVP Podcast on Twitter. It's August. So all month long, we are posting the clips of the SummerSlam. Yes, the SummerSlam. And literally, uh, some of them involve Bret Hart saying, the SummerSlam. In the SummerSlam. We're going to post the clips about SummerSlam when there used to be people at wrestling. <laughs> it, it's amazing. But, yes, um, we are doing that. That was a, that was a thing that Remember existed, kids. Yeah. yeah. It, was, yeah. It, was, <laughs> it wasn't plants there. No, no, no. Yeah. Uh, so just go to at OVP Podcast on Twitter. Follow us for drama-free wrestling clips. That's all you're going to get there, and it's a good time. Uh, also, if you want to email us, you can. You can do that at the OVP Podcast at gmail.com. That is Podcast at gmail.com. But, Quinn, there's a really good place that uh, if people do follow us on Twitter and they listen to the show and they have a Facebook, they should check it out there, right? Yeah, over at the Facebook.com slash fans in the arena. Correct. Yeah, arena fans. Yeah, arena fans in virtual space. Correct. Um, so to get to that virtual space, there's a search bar. Because, um, oh. you know, there's a lot of these spaces out there. It's 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 really crazy, right? So you need right. some navigation powers. So in the search bar, you type our vantage point, dash, retro wrestling podcast, bing, bang, boom, tubes, gore, kafuli, all the ceremonial stuff larry's abisco wave whatever <laughs> you get you're there you click the group button the operators are standing by and then you're in yeah now what's the point of the group folks i'm going to tell you real quick what it is much like our twitter it's drama free and the point is we want to talk about old wrestling mm-hmm. you can talk about anything about old wrestling even current if you want to but the number one rule and the point the thrust of this group if you will is don't be what quinn a dingus don't be a dingus don't That's thrust it. that dingus don't thrust your dingusry around. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if you don't know what that means, just ask somebody or think to yourself, hey, what is, uh, am I being a dingus? What is say thrusting this? a dingus? Yeah, just look that up on the internet there <laughs> yeah. on Urban Dictionary and yeah. uh, you can have a lot of fun. And also on our Facebook group, uh, for next season, we're counting down to episode 200. And as a thank you to the fans, we want to take your questions, your topics, and things like that. And on Facebook, there's an announcement post there where you can ask literally anything you want for us to talk about for next season. And our good friend Joe Merkel is going to compile all of those and give them to us. So he, he does have the statistic machine at his yeah, house, so exactly. we can't do it. Obviously. We can't do yeah, it we here. We got to rent that we from like IBM or something. Yeah, I don't it's a know. whole process, yeah. four to six weeks for delivery. So yeah. if you want in next season on a, you know, maybe getting your voice heard and, and asking something, 
go to our Facebook group, join the group. It, it will be a fun time, we promise. And also, we have a Patreon. All I got to say is, look, it's August and the pay-per-views, you know, the Survivor Series is going to be hatching very soon, Michael. Mm-hmm. Survivor Series 90, you don't want to miss it, folks. Over on Patreon.com slash OVP Podcast, $5 tier, every WWF pay-per-view reviewed by Quinn and myself. You get to hear Quinn get annoyed uh, every few months for Survivor Series. I'm thrilled about this review. <laughs> Just so, thrilled. So, More so, Survivor Series than before. <laughs> Survivor Series 90 is uh, out for August, and then for next month, we kick off 1991. Uh, so it's patreon.com slash podcast. But Quinn, we're winding down here. Only a couple episodes left, but this opening segment's been a really fun one. What we've been talking about, folks, if it's your first time, is no throughout wrestling's past Quinn, a new face will come in on the scene maybe it's the 80s 90s 2000s your brock lesnar's your john cena's all big names right chris jericho hi hi i like to talk eddie guerrero yeah and uh you know these newcomers these top prospects these blue chippers these hot young studs and sometimes quinn the things just don't work out and this is a segment we've been doing all season long called the up-and-comers that never came You know, it's heartbreaking, really. It's sad when the one guy boos. The one guy booing. Very fitting for this segment. So we've talked about a bunch of people this season, folks. We've talked about Alex Wright, you know, Mm -hmm. Das Wunderkind. Uh, We've talked about last week was Tiger Ali Singh. We've talked about Sam Houston. Quinn, you picked this one. I want to hear what's on your mind. Who never came? Well, you went WF last week. I'm going to go WCW once again. Here's here's a guy that they had for a long-ass time, and, and, and they tried but he just never came, as we say on this. He never came. His name is Scotty Riggs. Here I am, this baby-faced guy, short hair and everything else. American males. Yeah, yeah. Scotty Mr. Riggs. Mr. American males over here. Yeah, he was there for, uh, I want to say, about five years uh, straight and had debuted a couple of years before his uh, WCW debut in 94. Basically, he was uh, Scotty Antol is his yeah. name. And he, you'd know him as Scotty Riggs, obviously. He debuted in WCW in 1995. And he had up-and-comer written. Oh, my God. Look look at him. Seriously. The long hair, you know, the pretty boy face, the the decent enough physique. He's like a modern Jim Powers. Right, yeah. (laughs) Somebody like like, that. Oh, it's our new Jim Powers. It's like, we can do it. This is going to be the one, finally, right? Yeah. Five-tool player. He's got everything. He's got a nice beard thing. Nice beard thing. Long hair. Black tights. Yeah. Just look at him. Look at him. And he had been a jobber here and there in WCW and other places. He was down in Smoky Mountain. He'd been USWA. And all those things. But, you know, age of 23, 24, coming into WCW, that's a big opportunity. Yeah. So what do they do? They put him in a tag team. Quinn with whom? Marcus Alexander Bagwell. You may know him as Buff Bagwell. This is back when the emphasis was on the Alexander. (laughs) Um, Another pretty boy. Another young up-and-comer. Literally. So this was like young up-and-comers, the tag team. It's like Young Stallions Stallions. version 2. Like, literally, it's even more of a generic name somehow than Young Stallions. Because that's very like, oh, a couple of Young Stallions. This is American males. So, first of all, American, that's fine, right? But males, (laughs) like, isn't isn't everyone a male in the wrestling male division? Like, why do they have to note that? Like, (laughs) if they were the American females, then they would stand out. No one cares. It's just like, they're just American. Why weren't there the American females, by the way? Because WCW and its women's division was never that uh, strong. (laughs) You know what I mean? I do. But yeah, the, the best thing, honestly, about this team that I can honestly think of 
is their freaking theme song, which is incredible. Let's, right, let's yeah. just call it what it is, folks. I mean, it's a classic. And I like also that on the videos of it, you actually see a picture of them in their, like, prime with the suspenders on and everything. So, yeah, these guys, if you're not familiar with them, they were dressed like and looked like someone's ideal vision of, like, a hot young bachelor of the 90s. Yeah, That's so... That's what they're supposed to look like. So here's like. the thing, is that half of it to me felt like, no, this is, like, supposed to be, like, these are really cool guys. Right. But the other half was, like, are they strippers or something? Or, like... Are they on those soft cover books, those paperbacks? Right. Like Fabio? But the thing is, is that it was so earnest, right? Like, it was they didn't portray it like it was a joke. No! Like, it was so, like, no, these are cool people. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they're not strippers, but they look like strippers because it's the 90s, and that's edgy and cool, right? Like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's that earnest, like, no, that is really what it should be. They would, they played this completely straight. They were like, no, these are our freaking cologne models. You know, right, and, yeah. But they really are. These are great men. Right, You, yeah. You kids at home, you want to be like these guys. You want to have the flip-up sunglasses right. like Shawn Michaels, but these guys. Like, <laughs> you want to you know, have earrings. Yeah, you want to have necklaces with crosses on them sure. and, and suspenders. suspenders. And, and, and remember how they wore, um, they wore like cowboy boots, but like white ones <laughs> so underneath bad. their pants? Yes. Like, it's really... You know that. Yeah, you know that. Yeah. Your opponents are the World Tag Team Champions, Scotty Riggs, Marcus Bagwell, the American Bulls! Now, they actually did win, believe it or not, the tag titles for right. eight days. Right. So, okay, I very clearly remember. Now, remember all the build up to all of this. Yep. So, this was, they were. Like, very Saturday night tag team. They, these guys Extremely. were on Nitro sometimes, but they were on for months. Saturday they night, were pro, on all Every those. single, like, alternate dimension WCW yeah. show. They were the weekenders, basically. Yeah, yeah. You know? it's like doing their thing. <laughs> yep. They would never lose, ever. No, and they, they were, were American. Right, and, and I was kind of behind this because, you know, like, I felt like... You would be. Well, you know what it was? It's because not everyone talked about what was going on on an alternate universe WCW Saturday Night right, Pro, Pro and all that stuff. Sure. So I felt like, oh, these guys are like kind of like when Velocity was a show, and I really cared about Paul London because he was like Mister Velocity. He was, was like good. A, American males were like the tag team <laughs> right. of that area, right? Uh, yes. Right. So when they started building up, I was like, okay, I'm getting behind this, right? Because it was like my first for- foray into WCW yeah. and everything. Yeah. And they win the tag belts, and I was very excited. I did, but you're right. It was just for like two seconds. It was like a week from Harlem Heat, and that's when Harlem Heat was just like, we're the champions always. Yeah. We might lose it a little bit. Was this also because they were somehow distracted by Colonel Parker and Sherry? I don't think <laughs> it, it, like, yeah. I don't remember. It could have been. That lasted forever. I don't know if Colonel Parker... They had Sherry. I don't think yeah. Colonel Parker was there yeah. yet. But anyway, so they kind of flounder throughout the rest of 96. Their big run with fame, quote-unquote, is over with by 95 after they lose the tag titles. Right. And then at the end of 96, there was this new thing in WCW... Not a lot of people have heard of it. Mm-hmm. Just a little angle that they did called the New World Order. A little thing right. kind of flew under the radar. Right. But you know what it really did? It made all tag teams not matter because Kevin yeah. Nash and Scott Hall came in. Yeah. And they're like, well, we don't have room for other tag teams. <laughs> Fuck Harlem Heat. <laughs> and, and America Mail's like, you're really low yeah. on the toe. Like, you don't even, like, Nasty Boys, fuck them. Oh, like, fuck you know, Nasty like anybody, Boys, yeah. yeah anybody, Haku and Barbarian. Anybody that exists. Like, well, to be fair, the, 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 the Haku and Barbarian, they existed in their, like, own universe. They did their like, own remember, thing. They would just beat the shit out of people every week on Nitro. And it was everyone's like, yeah, okay. Hey, like they don't need the tag titles as long as we have fresh meat for them to beat they were up. Good. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, but American males were not pushed by then, and so much so that Buff Bagwell now, be, as he became, t- 
turned on poor Scotty Riggs. Scotty Riggs? Hey! Attack by Bagwell! I always conflate a bunch of things with this. Oh, God, what? Like, okay, so my, my personal brain wants to believe that Buff Bagwell hit him in the eye no. when he turned on him. That's something and else. And then, like, Raven picked him up no, off the street with not, his, like, eye broken or whatever. That's but, not like, it. I wish that's how it was, but instead they did it this other way. No, that was, like, yeah. a year in between yeah. these things, right? I know, so. but it felt like it, right? Because Scotty Riggs, who the hell cares, right? Well, exactly. So, I, so this happens in late 96, right? And the next thing that he's known for is having an eye patch and being in the flock, right? Right. You know when that was? That was October of 97. Oh, my God. So, so there's between, a year. Okay, you're right. Because, you, like, now that I'm thinking about yeah. all of it, basically, yeah, he, like, I remember he was just, like, a jobber uh-huh. on Nitro. There was this period where Scotty Riggs was just no eye patch. Just, Sco- hey, it's Scotty Riggs. I used to be in the American Males. Like, he right. still had the short, the pants on well, and everything. It's like 1995 Marty Jannetty, where he's right. like, I used to be in the Rockers. And yeah. he still has the music I and all that. To, I was a tag champ yeah. for eight days. Like, <laughs> I, I matter. It was one of those. So he just flopped around, basically, yeah. throughout 97, doing nothing. Now, Raven's there by the end of the 97, right? So there's this no DQ match uh, in October 97 on Nitro. On right. Nitro. Raven drop toll holds uh, Mr. Scotty Riggs. And then he, like, lands on a chair or something. I think he, like, Raven brought the chair in because Raven's yeah. rules or whatever. And right. he, like, he, like, he did one of those moves where he, like, trips him and his eye falls yeah. on the chair thing. So way before Rey Mysterio lost an eye. Yeah. You know what I mean? In the eye for an eye match. Right. Riggs is the original. I mean, this was basically just to make the eye patch a thing in lore or whatever that he had to wear an eye patch because of this shit. Correct. Right? Yeah. Yes. And then he joined the flock. And like most people in the flock, you only have one name. You don't like you're you're not Scotty Riggs. You're just Riggs. We don't, there's no Scotty right. anymore. You're Scotty not, Scotty's isn't home. Don't anymore. tell Scotty. Don't, yeah, don't tell Scotty. 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 Yeah. Oh, Scotty doesn't know. Well, so don't tell Scotty. Scotty doesn't know. Uh, you're not Van Hammer. You're just Hammer, etc. Yeah. You're not Billy Kidman. Right. Just Kidman. Anyway. They're very efficient. And right. you know, the so, thing. so all of a sudden he gets dirty and he has jean, shitty black jean shorts with rips on them. And, rips and 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 I don't. He just looked like a <laughs> he looked like a dumpster. Like he, he looks like he, an actual dumpster. Yes. Yeah, like human dumpster. Right. Like <laughs> here he is. He just sits here and Raven's like, "Go get him!" And then like he would like wrestle don't hurt your eye again you know yeah and he didn't hurt his eye again thankfully but was he ever a pirate or do we just say that because he no, had no, no. he you wasn't just, a pirate he was never right? he was just he okay. was just a guy with an eye patch that like worked for raven or something right so but he wasn't actually a pirate no okay no, it was no never pirating again. not yeah. like paul birchall no, okay, no, no, okay. No, just no. making sure i didn't know so then out of nowhere after we forget the flock exists in like right. 98 right yeah. later in 99 and we actually reviewed this not too long ago on one of those 99 things we did of WCW right. where he's no more eye patch. Right, his eyes healed. <laughs> his eyes healed. And he's just like, I'm a jerk now. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that? Look at, look at me. I, I'm, I'm a pretty man again. Remember, I'm you good. For, you forgot <laughs> that I used to not have an eye patch. Right. But you know what? That was fake. I took the eye patch. Look at me. I'm yeah. I'm beautiful. It's real. Yeah, yeah. Did he have like a, a handheld mirror or something? I'm I, not making this he's up. Just, it's just basically like pretty wonderful <laughs> Paul Roma, <laughs> Mr. Wonderful. Like it's the same crap. Something tells me. Yep. He's going to be looking at the mirror. Here comes Scotty Riggs. And then they let him go. Yeah, now, but he did exist only in the like pro universe. Again, he got downgraded. Oh God, yeah. He went back to his like w, his WCW universe. Yeah. You know, they didn't put the shit on Nitro. Are yeah, you kidding they, me? I, that's why nobody like remembers no. that Scotty Riggs. But again, 
you can tell that's another like failed reboot attempt. Oh, like yeah. they're like, if we give him this in the new blood WCW, like oh he'll rise right because he look he's so pretty. And he was like, young. Yeah, he's young. Twenty eight. You know he's gonna be the future. Uh-huh. We're we're just keeping Scotty Riggs on pro just yeah. to kind of like keeping him warm, keeping him warm, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, but they let him go in ninety nine. Now I don't remember this, and I'm not gonna pretend to, but I'm gonna mention it. Because it's kind of the waning days of ECW. Right. But he was in ECW was in, in 2000 and 2001 as Scotty Anton, which I'm not going to pretend Weird. that I remember. Does uh, anybody remember that? If you do, folks, let me know if you remember him there. I wasn't really watching too much ECW by the end of yeah. ECW. Like, 99, I, feel I was feel like it was watching. harder to find again. Like, well, TNN, when it was on TNN. Yeah, but didn't wasn't there a period, like, 2001, where, like, that ended and they yeah. only had the syndicated I, somehow? I think it was, it, think it was only uh, for, hardcore like, TV again. Yeah, yeah. it's just like, what? Yeah, it was harder to find. But if you remember him in ECW, please let me know, folks. Uh, apparently, he feuded with Van Damme. Yeah. And that's kind of it. He went on the indies after that. Nothing major. And that's really it. His legacy is that he was an American male, I think, and a pirate. And not, the r- not a real pirate. The best he ever did was win the tag belt for eight days with another guy that was better than him. Now, why do you think that is? Because I want to be honest here before we wrap up. Right. He wasn't a bad wrestler, Quinn. Not that I could tell. He um, really wasn't. He was fine. I mean, here's the thing. Is he's from that period where, like, if you started wrestling around then, like, they generally, like, I felt people, like, trained between 90 and 94-ish. Like, people who came in around that time and yeah. stuff, they seemed to be, like, fundamentally sound. Like, you didn't get into this business unless... You know, you got your ass whooped by like Larry Sharp or some shit, yeah. right? It's or, like, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you, yeah. You, you you knew what you were doing or some sure. Japanese guy or something, <laughs> you know, like whatever. Yes, yes, I understand. So, I mean, like that's the thing is everyone was like that, so he wasn't that special, right? I think also that his look, while he looked good, there was like slightly better looking people that they wanted to push instead okay. so it was just like this abundance of like good looking like american males obviously true so do you think there just wasn't especially the period of time he was there there just wasn't enough for him to stand out right it seems like all? anytime there was an opening somebody else would take it like buff bagwell or so, like Buff Bagwell is a perfect example of right. that. Like Scotty Riggs could have just been in that spot right. in, the, in the NWO, or even like some of the other spots that were there at the time, like uh, Johnny B. Bad. I right. would have gone with Johnny B. Bad. He's got a much more unique look and he's more athletic. But you could have gone with Scotty. Gone I with could Riggs. see Scotty Riggs right. wearing the tassels on right. his arms and <laughs> jumping around and stuff. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or uh, the Renegade took up some space for a while. Right. I'm thinking like 95. DDP got hot and became a fit. Yeah, there's yeah, only- but DDP was a unique person. That's what I mean. Yeah, Scotty Riggs. That's on the I other mean. hand, like if you're thinking of all these different angles that they did do with people that didn't succeed, but it yeah. was like better than what Scotty Riggs was doing. Right. He could have taken all those roles. He could have. Didn't. So it was just a timing thing. Yeah, think- I think he just wasn't like you said. He was like fundamentally sound, he but he probably just didn't stand out in that regard as much as. For whatever reason, they were like in love with Marcus Alexander Bagwell yeah. for years. They were like whatever the biggest thing they could find for him. That's what they were going to do with him. And you know what's sad? What? Unfortunately, I think in almost every way possible that Scotty Riggs is better than Buff Bagwell. Well, you think? Huh? Absolutely. I don't think Buff Bagwell think was Buff's, ever very good. I thought Buff was pretty entertaining in the early days of like the Buff character. I guess a little, but it was just yeah. like he was also given yeah. a dead end character. Like the most he could add to it was like his mom and a hat. Like, you know what I mean? It's real. Like, 
Like there wasn't like where else do you go with that? No, I <laughs> You're right. I think in the ring though, I think Riggs is a lot better. Uh, personality wise, Buff's probably yeah. marginally better, but it's hard. I got to say, if you're Scotty Riggs and you're trying to stand out, it's hard to compete with Judy Bagwell because that's like, true in a lot of ways. That, the fact that Marcus yeah. Alexander Bagwell had like this lore about being a mama's boy with his mom actually showing up that's made great. him like stand out. That was fine. I mean, yeah. who doesn't remember that? It was good, even if you think it's. Stupid. I know it's people still like always make fun of Judy Bagwell in a pole match. That's dumb. It's dumb, but you'll always remember yeah. the name Bagwell. Yeah. Like you, you know what I mean? Like you'll always be like, oh, that was the guy with his mom on wrestling, you know. But you won't always remember the name Scotty Riggs, unfortunately. Right, yeah. And you know, folks, let us know what you think could have been of Scotty Riggs. Maybe again, if you caught him in ECW, was he good there? I haven't seen it, so I won't pretend to. But let us know your favorite Scotty Riggs memories, of course. You know, your favorite. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was, it was what a time. What a time right. in WCW. Oh, what a night. Yeah. <laughs> and you can, of course, do that on Facebook. Reach us on the Twitter at OVP Podcast. But, Quinn, when we come back, we got two more names to pull out of the tank. We're talking about the worst talkers, and we'll be talking about some more of those talkers in just a minute here as the Royal Flush continues. Oh, what a night. Late December back in 63. What a very special time for me. As I remember what a night. It's the horror of Halloween. It's WCW like you've never seen. The man becomes the monster when the immortal Hulk Hogan and the mysterious giant lock up in a sumo monster truck match. Then the monster becomes the man when these two colossal forces bring it to the ring for the world heavyweight title. WCW presents Halloween Havoc. Sunday, October 29th. Live and only on pay-per-view. And now, back to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for being with us here for episode number 188. It is Monday, August the 10th, 2020. And Michael Quinn, did you know yes. that we have yes. a Patreon? We do. Yes, we do. Oh, I didn't know. Some people, you know, they think of podcasters with patron Patreons, and they're like, oh, man, these guys just want money, blah, blah, Listen, folks, here's the deal. For real. You, if you like our show and you want more stuff, that's why we have it. Right. Like, seriously. If that people that did, is the reason. If, if people didn't want more stuff, then we'd have less to do, and it'd be fine, too. Right. So, if you like OVP, you like this weekly show, and you want more content, we are all about the content. There is so much content, like... 200 and something items of content there is really and we try to make it worth every penny for you the highest we even charge is five dollars a month so again patreon.com slash ovp podcast the five dollar tier gets you literally everything all 200 and something things the centerpiece of which are the pay-per-view reviews that we mentioned a little bit earlier that's where quinn and i are literally going through every wwf pay-per-view we started at wrestlemania one these are full-length audio podcasts. This is not a live watch-along or anything no, like that. No, no, no. This is like a produced thing. Yeah, just like this show. It's like the review on this show every every week, yeah. but like two hours long or whatever. Yeah, or three or sometimes I, four and a half, yeah, depending on the pay-per-view. Yeah. Like I mentioned, we're up to Survivor Series 90 for this month for August. Next month will be Royal Rumble 91. We just keep continuing on. Try it out. It's five bucks a month. It gets you everything. What that also includes is the $3 tier. On the $3 tier... 
bi-weekly Quinn and I do a live watch along mm-hmm. in video or audio form, whichever you'd prefer. We're going through the WWF in 1983. We started in January of 82, and now we're in July of 83. It's been a journey. Um, Donald <laughs> P. Morocco and Jimmy the Snooker now are feuding. Yep. It's oh, very, yeah. it's very a, a strong thing. Th- that just started. Chairs it, are flying. Chairs are flying. The suits are coming off. <laughs> yes, they are. We basically are just trying to count our way up to the Hulkamania era. We've been yeah. going through all of 82 and 83. We're getting damn close to it. We're getting there for yeah. months away at this point. And you can join us. Again, that's on the $3 tier. Bi-weekly shows every other Friday. You're going to get those. And on the $2 tier, there's still some goodies for you. You get a back archive of our Mount Rushmore and Death Valley extras, OVP commentaries, and every single week you get a video. And that video involves Quinn and I making this show. That's right. There's video of me saying this right now. Yeah. I am wearing a shirt. It's all it's all recorded. Yes. And it's all visually recorded. So check it out again. If you like OVP and you're like, you know what? I like these guys. I want to support them. But mainly, I want some extra stuff, too. Mm-hmm. Check it out. See if you want it, okay? Patreon.com slash OVP podcast. That's the end of that, right? We're, yep, no, we're okay. no more. It's over with. You won't we're, hear about it again. It's time to um, flush things. We're time to flush things. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're flushing. flushing. We're flushing. We're flushing. Now, what the hell is that? Well, before the season starts, we ask you, the fans, over on our Facebook group, which you should join if you want to be involved, to give us a list of your 10 best and 10 worst of something. For this season, we did talkers and wrestling, okay? Mm-hmm. And then, as we mentioned, Joe Merkel, the statistician machine over there. It's unbelievable. All the equipment. Yeah. All the stuff he has. The science meet. Yeah. What he does is he tallies up all the votes that you guys do for the best and worst, puts them into two separate tanks, one for the best, one for the worst. Mm-hmm. And then we rank them every single week. We alternate. So it's last all part of the science meet canon or whatever. It's yeah. all part of the science meet canon. Last week, we did the best, which is the rankings. This week is the worst. That's the flush. And I want to run down the names that are on the list for you right now. At number one, the worst talker of all time is Ahmed Johnson. <laughs> ha, Doobie ha. boy. Doobie boy. Uh, number two, Jimmy Schnooka. Jimmy is speaking of him. Yeah, speaking. Yeah. yeah, speaking. He doesn't do that very well. Yeah. Number three, a newcomer from last time, D- uh, Dean Malenko. Eh. Uh, the Iceman. Yeah, the Iceman. Uh, I, I feel like his gimmick was to do that, so it's like kind of not fair. He has the personality of a bowl of ice. Yeah. And number four is uh, Bob Backlund, Vince. You know, Bob Backlund. One tone. Unless yeah. he's crazy. Unless he's crazy. Number five, I don't... Sid should really not even be on the list. I don't know but. shit, like, <laughs> to be honest with you about that. So I'm from Arkansas, too! <laughs> yeah. And number six is Lex Luger, another one that I wouldn't have put on here. It, but, it's hey. closed parody, so it's- <laughs> what are you going to do, right? Yes, uh, so that's a six on there, but folks, guess what? After this, we have eight, and by the end of the season, we are going to have the OVP certified, scientifically ranked, organic, non-GMO, baptized, ordained, USDA certified, healthy. Worst talkers of all time. We've run them down, Quinn, so why don't we go down to the Fink for the Royal Flush. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the Royal You've got to step into the ring with me, brother. People are wondering who should be the world's best wrestling, or should be the number one person in professional wrestling. And you should remember that. I know what it is. Was a closed party. It's because of people like you, big boss man. Seems like they want to take me in the back of some warehouse and try to treat me to teach me some lesson into my mind. I am Jean Paul Levesque. Hey, you were born like that. It's the Royal Flush. 
Almost the end of it. Disgusting. The tank is filling up, Quinn, as we have... <laughs> it's getting backed up. After me. Oh, my goodness. They're getting backed up with Doobie Boys. <laughs> yeah. ah! Could we calm down with the plumbing here? Every time. Good Lord. Okay, that's going to be enough. So we're what we're gonna do is we poke it. Stop. I knew it was coming. That that toilet never stops. That's right. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna pull two more names out, folks, as we mentioned here. Now I just want to clarify one more time. We don't. We didn't put the people in the tank. You guys did that. Mm-hmm. We didn't vote them. We're just ranking them. Right. Scientifically, this is very important. It's so important. Dave Meltzer. Blah blah blah. It's gonna get published in all the major wrestling yeah, journals. Yeah. He's gonna he's gonna pick it up in his desk in yep. a weird posture or whatever. <laughs> He's like if he's like find it on he's the floor. like leaning into the OVP website. It's like do they do they have new rankings? Oh wow, do they have yeah. new rankings? Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, folks. Yeah. Why don't we go down to the fans and match? Who drew number uh, seven? I believe it is. But I'm a genetic freak and I'm not normal. So you got a 25 percent at best at beat me. And then you add Kurt Angle to the mix, your chances of winning drastically go down. Scott Steiner, Mr. Steiner Math himself, Quinn. Mr. Steiner Math. Woo! Now, Scott Steiner is probably one of the most entertainingly goofy, weird, like he's an anomaly. So, so okay, I want to I want to say something here because I think, oh right out the gate, huh? I think a lot of people don't understand that his like crazy talking was an like an act like i i I don't know that it is i think it is because it got so over the line at a certain point because he didn't used to be like this he just kept amping it up after he turned into big papa pump it kept getting weirder true and he like built it into his character by the time he got to tna we're all like the legendary ones yeah yeah like Like, yeah that's why i was like Hmm. i feel like the tna version of him that everyone seems to cite as like a bad talker i feel like that's the one where he like intentionally was being ridiculous I don't totally disagree with that, actually. Yeah. But I do want to make mention of the fact that Scott Steiner, as a promo, when he was in the Steiner right. Brothers, yeah. was awful. On our very, very first Royal Rumble, the Beverly Brothers are going to find out that we're the best brother tag team in the world. I mean, he went to college. He should have known better. So <laughs> For wrestling? Yeah. Wrestling college. <laughs> or football, probably. You got to learn the basics of, of reading and writing there as well. And arithmetic, yeah. don't forget. Yeah. I think that you might be onto something. We have a friend. That just doesn't care enough to talk properly sometimes. Right. But sometimes he does that to comedic effect. Right. Like, it's a natural quirk. It's like you're aware of your issue there. And you're like, I'm going to make it funny. Right. I'm going to own this, right? It's a natural quirk that isn't intentional all the time. Mm -hmm. But then you can take that quirk and intentionally do it. And And that's what I think Scott Snyder did, from what I can tell. Like, there's no way that especially the later stuff where he has, like, a baby Scott Steiner right. and that big, gigantic Amazon woman right. with him, like, and he's saying weird shit, and he's still got his chainmail helmet on. Like, you It's kn- amazing. There's no way that all the stuff he's saying by that point is not intentionally, like, he's just whatever comes on the top of his head, and he's just being crazy on purpose. What's the one where he's, like, it's, like, an actual unscripted shoot, and he... On Nitro, and he's like, Ric Flair's a piece of shit or yeah, something like that. It's later. Yeah. <laughs> I know it is. Yeah. What is that? I don't there's Who a does lot of that? There's a lot of crazy shit that he said <laughs> that I can't even like add it all up. When you walked down that aisle last week, I know I was alone because the people at home, all they did was grab the remote, change the channel to the WWF, and watch Stone Cold, a person you and your old friends. Because you're a jealous old bastard. 
So you think, though, that part of it is an act, but it's like taking his natural shittiness right. and then amplifying it. It's like turn up your shittiness to 11. Like you, that, it's like that. It's you the, might be it's right. the turn it up to 11 thing just right. applied to his shitty talking. Like somebody figured out when he's really lost, it's hilarious. Hmm. And so they said, just be lost all the time. Just say whatever. Just say whatever you want and yeah. make it really big and exaggerated right like obviously like say i hate you triple h or whoever he's feuding right with. but like Who other than that triple h? other than that just be be weird now let me ask you a question does this make him bad that's what i mean it's like i don't know is, is, is it like performance art with him you know what i mean well, it, it's yeah. like it's like <laughs> is he just trying to be horrible on right. purpose right right well before we rank obviously let's compare him to himself because right. as we know folks there's two distinct eras of scott steiner very distinct there's like the 89 to 98 steiner it's brothers a pretty long time it's almost a decade right because yeah. rick was established first we all know right. that and rick's original gimmick was i'm dumb right <laughs> right and so that's okay it's great that you said that because i feel like scott tried to adopt that in his later wacky character right it's he dumb jock the rick is dumb thing and he like integrated into himself maybe quinn you know maybe it runs in the family i don't know yeah Yeah, no frankensteiners by my good lamps right whatever you say sounds good Rick is a different personality than Scott yeah. overall, right? Like, they're both right. big, rough wrestlers, but Rick was, like, the lovable dummy. So lovable that he turned face because he got screwed over. The Robin right. Green. Robin we know the Green. Thing, right? Varsity Club. Which always confuses me with the Green from uh, Janet Green. It's not all, the same all, thing. It's all connected. It's somehow. not the same. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then he brings in his brother, Scott, and they, in WCW, NWA, they're like, we wrestle. That's what we do. Right. We're very bad at talking. Right. But we are very good wrestlers, right? Yeah, we we're went really, to college. And we went to college. And we're very good at hurting jobbers for no reason. <laughs> That's why they're so cool. is because they just beat up poor, defenseless people. Well, so, they went to college, so it's okay. <laughs> go to college, kids. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, in all seriousness, they then go to WWF, where they're extra college. You yeah, know what I mean? they like, got their coats on They all have the to time. wear the coats at all times. Yeah. <laughs> just, we, we went to Michigan or whatever. Didn't Bobby have some joke like, what is that, W? They have yeah. it upside down? Yeah. It's really like... <laughs> Bobby had some good stuff. I gotta say, this whole college thing dur- it's a, during it's this day, it's so aggressive, it's, too. It's just like, it's just like, no, they went to college, <laughs> damn it. The music is yeah. a fight song, like, you know? What? Like, I know. stop it. That's what made them lame. Like, again, in ring, they were, they were still the same. They were great. Right. But that made them lame to me, even right. when I would I, look back. I never like, liked them. I was just like... They're great wrestlers. They're, they're cool in the ring, but yeah. other than that, I re- why are they the tag champs? They, who cares? Like, well, because money ain't can't be forever. Right. I mean, that reign of awesomeness can't last forever. Quinn, I guess money not. Ain't, right? yeah. But anyway, so one thing I noticed about the Steiners in their pretty brief WWF run, you know, it's late 92 until like mid 94, is uh, they were sucky at talking. Right. Really shitty at talking. So that's Scott Steiner in a nutshell right there. Right. Shitty at talking. <laughs> right. Really. Like, not intentionally. Just bad at it, right? We're going to take you down to recess or yeah. the school bells. We're going to take you to the dean's office. Yeah. Then they go to ECW, back to WCW in 96 it was, right? And they're good in WCW again. They're like, it's they're much better than they were in WWF. Remember, mm-hmm. they come in and they're like, hi, we're here and they're we're just, good. Because they stopped emphasizing the college. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, they're no. just like, no, they're... The Steiner line! Are they, Steiner line! We got Ted DiBias! <laughs> like, all this stuff. We have Ted DiBias. <laughs> and they feud with Harlem Heat and the LOD they, and Luger and Sting, and they have some great stuff, but The right? problem is, is NWO, and they're in the alternate WCW dimension. Correct. Game. Like So Scotty's like, you know what? I want to dye my hair blonde, so fuck Rick. Yeah. I'm Big Papa Pump now. Well, I'm Superstar 
White Thunder, whatever the hell he called himself, and then yeah. he became Big Papa Pump. And that is where Phase 2, yes. and which is like still who he is if he ever comes back anywhere, right? right. It's been like 22 well, years. because I think Rick is like older than him, right? Or yes, something. So Rick like never pretty much came other than being like Mr. Hardcore yeah. for like a second. His Don't career, bring that up. He was kind of like... Feuded with Chucky. Because Rick was a little older. He was kind of like just doing his own thing and I almost like he had like retired written all over him when he even when he was like remember he was like on the poster for the pay-per-views yeah. and I, you know, he was just like it was just like no we know we like Rick just he's just gonna do a thing over here. He's not gonna really get involved in anything Team major. Kenny Chaos and yeah, people exa- like that. Exactly. Just like, crap like Rick that. Rick was kind of like in retirement yeah. mode right? Like Kind of like how Animal was in that that retirement mode Don't for a long period of time too. Like where they're like, we just keep him around because he was good in that tag team. Here's hiding right to yeah. help, out, yeah. help you out. But yeah, so Scott Steiner becomes superstar Scott Steiner. You know, big pop a pump. Holla if you hear me. Got your hookup. Dump, dump, dump. Medasia. Medasia. And, <laughs> yeah. And as the years went on in WCW, right? Right. He got more and more ludicrous. And then like, then he went to WWF in 02. Right. Had a really bad feud with Triple H. Mm-hmm. Uh, arm wrestling. This, chain okay, mail can feud. I just, can I just say this? Is that I felt the first, like, two-ish years of Scott Steiner, crazy Scott Steiner, in WCW, right? Yeah. And he was the world champion and everything, right? Yeah. I actually kind of liked him. I was kind like... No, I was fine with him. I was like, this is cool. Yeah, he was good. Like, he, he seems like he could be the world champion because look at it. He's, like, bigger than everyone. Like, was, it's, it's yeah. ridiculous, and right? I was, I was very happy. I was like, man, Scott Steiner, the tag wrestler, it's like this big superstar now, right. you know? He seemed like... It was cool. It seemed like, okay, Scott Steiner's got, like, a future, sure. right? Like, he's Pig Boppa Pump now, but he's, like, there is something here, right? Young enough. Right, young enough. He's kind of got... He's developed his own personality, sure. and he's got, like, minions working for yeah. him, and the, all these ladies and stuff, and, like, his freaks. His freaks. And he just seemed, like, on brand and... He just went off the rails at the end of WCW. Oh, and yeah. But here's the thing. Is Never you, got back you on him. Thought, you thought by the time we get to this WF thing, right, Joe? <laughs> yes. You thought, well, you know, Vince Russo ruined him, whatever, right? It's like it wasn't Scott Steiner's oh, fault. That no. was like what I thought, right? Sure. But he comes to WF and he's more crazy. And he's, he's like horrible. He's more aimless he's and ter- weird. He's bad. And you're like, oh, it wasn't. No. The writing. It no. was just, he's weird. He's just a weird guy. Right. You know, that's when the veil was off. It wasn't like you couldn't blame right. WCW for it anymore. <laughs> yeah. It was like, no, it's just bad. And then TNA, I mean, we saw a whole other like level of so, crazy. Okay. I want to say this about this. This is what I was trying to say before is that this version of him is like, they're like, come in here and just act like turn it up to like 20. It was up to 11 before. Turn it up to just be ridiculous. He's got like, the Canadian guys with him, and he's like baby Scott Steiner. I don't know. I know who you mean. And the the Amazonian lady, and he's just saying weird, weird shit. There's like a notable promo where they're like in the back room with there's like some girl interviewing him. Yep. And like baby pump is next to him, and and he's like he, he just says batshit crazy stuff. But then you take my seventy five percent chance of winning. If we used to go one on one, and then add sixty six and two thirds percent. I got 141 and two-thirds chance of winning at Sacrifice. I bet that's Vince Russo era, right? And Russo probably told him, bro, just turn it, it up to 20. It could or could not be. Here's the thing is Russo was like never official. There was like a point where they acknowledged that he was there, but he never like in the credits or whatever was, you want to no, say. Like, he was. He was there officially for years. Dixie Cotta, bro. Like, I, you know, like he. That's later. Yeah. <laughs> Dixie Cotta, bro. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you know, like he never was like. 
I never felt like Vince Russell was all the way there. He was there. He was there for some of it, sure. Yeah. <laughs> it was, he was always like, they're always like, well, you're fired, but you work for us. That, like, that's only know, later. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. You're fired, but oh, you really still work here. Yeah, it's just we don't want we don't want the PR of right. like hiring Vince Russo. That's there, real. This is a real era. That really there was did an era happen. where he was writing everything, but nobody they couldn't acknowledge that he worked there or something. Yeah. It's like fourteen or something or thirteen. Yeah. It's it's toward the end. But anyway, uh, yeah, that's Scott Steiner in a nutshell. Crazy talker, like progressively. And I think your theory might be correct about his TNA run. Yeah, that it's all like it's just like it's a put on. It's it's totally like no, go go crazy. Like we know you suck, so just do it on purpose, right? right? You're, Don't you're try not to be, be good. the world champion yeah. again anyway. Yeah. So who gives a shit, right? They're, yeah, they're like instead of trying to be good. Yeah. Just don't even try to be good. It's more entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll have to see though, Quinn, if that makes him where he's going to fall. Because it's hard to say. I know because that's like what he's. That's his bad talking is associated with his like put on bad talking. Right. We're going to have to figure him out. That's yeah. a tough nut to crack. Are you ready for number eight? Because sure. I am. Yeah. All right. So folks, got number eight now. Let's find out who it is. I'm going to go out there today and manhandle these waves just like I'm going to manhandle you, doink. This is a crush, brah. A crush, brah. Hey, uh, the crush man. Crush is, um... Um, is he one of the worst talkers of all time? He's just—I I know he's, he's not the worst good. at everything. I mean, really, <laughs> generally. I, <sighs> yeah, I know you don't like him. I know. I know. There's, there's all these eras of Crush too. He's like, always called Crush. He's, al- he's always called Crush through all of them, but they're all different. Well, let's go through them, shall we? Yeah. Demolition Crush, of course, from the spring of '90 until mid '91. Do you think it's still weird to this day mm-hmm. that he came in that early, like 1990? Like you don't think weird. of Crush. You think of him kind of starting out in '93. Hawaiian Crush, right? Yeah, you so do I. But you're like, no, he's been here forever. Since like right after WrestleMania six. Y- yeah. You know, it's weird. Now, when he came in, he talks sometimes. Mm-hmm. Now, we know that Axe is, and I'm not being ironic, Axe is like a very good talker. <laughs> yeah. Bill Eady is incredible. Like, no, Bill Eady's a great he's talker, amazing. but, you know, he ate the shellfish, and <laughs> it, was, it was off to the races for Crush, really, at that point. And by 90, Smash was like goofy Smash already, so he's like, oh! Yeah, big face. <laughs> yeah. Big face. No matter what, even when they were heel, he's still like, oh! He was like getting smaller and morphing into Repo Man. Yeah. By, by it's 1990. Real. Yeah. But so Crush Storm's in like a parody of the two of them. Right. He's like, we're going to kick everyone's butt. No brothers, no bras, no, no, no. nothing. He's, no he's no like, accent. It's like a weird combo, baby. Right. Like, I don't know. We don't like Heart Foundation. And it's, it's almost like Master Fuji. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When they got him back. Yeah. It's not Mr. Fuji, Master Fuji. And he was very generic, loud heel yeller. He's adequate, but you know yeah, what I always adequate. felt about it is that. He was being told what to say. He didn't seem like he. He just always. It always the way he's so rigid. It always felt like he was reading a script. Right, right. Like right. that there was like a cue card behind yeah. the camera, and he's like, oh, "I'm going to say the demolition things now." Exactly. Like, you know what I mean? It's a very written character. Right. Like I said, it's like a. It's a. It's like a composite character for Axe and Smash. It's like, what if there was a essence of a demolition character in right. the Crush? You know? Yeah. They like, like pooped him out. Yeah. And they combined their poop together, and it was Crush. Crushed poo. Only the highest quality yeah. analogies here on OVP for exactly. you folks. Crushed poo. Crushed poo. Well, it is the flush. Yeah, no, it's true. Flush the crush. Got to cr- <laughs> crush, crush, crush flush. Got to crush that flush, yeah. man. But anyway, then they disappear, and apparently he 
goes to Hawaii, where he's from the whole time. Right. He he watches home movies of when he was a kid or something, and he's like, I remember crushing that stuff, and I remember this is like why this is why I am what I am, right? Bra. So I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna say bra a lot now. So he picked that up, I guess, is a thing, a new quirk of his, and yeah. we're reintroduced to him in the spring of ninety. Too much bra. And as a kid, I have to say, I thought he was saying bra, like what women wear. Like the manzia? Yeah. <laughs> like the bro? Yeah. Um, no, he was saying bra, or brada sometimes also. So he introduces himself to us in very vibrant colors in these vignettes. I hated it. I, I hated this crush a lot. Like, he's so disappointing. Right. Like, they're they're like, oh, he's like, you know, he's the ne- he's a young up-and-comer, next big thing. They really thought, like, I'm serious. Like, by the time we got to 94, right, and the heel turned him, yeah. they were treating him like he was like, it was like Bret was Hart, him, Owen, Sean, Sean. Macho man, sometimes Not like really. uh, yeah, let's like, but there was like these razor, uh, but he was in the group of like a couple of people who they're like, no, this is this is it right the here. new generation, yeah, the literally new crush. <laughs> so, no, he's horrible. So he'd be like, I had to crush things, and yeah. now I'm gonna crush the things in the WWF, brother. And we're like, okay. And then he debuts, and he's fine. He's not like amazing. He's just like a big guy. Doink like humiliates him in their feud. Like, that to me continue. ruined him. Like it's like, listen, if Doink can get one up on this guy, really? Like Doink, <laughs> Doink's good. He, he puts the water on the kids. Like Crush is like, you made fun of the kids, brother. I don't like that, brother. You, you spread <laughs> the water in my face, brother, with the flower thing or whatever. You hit me with the fake arm thing. I don't like that. Yeah. And I'm gonna make you cry. Yeah. And he didn't. He didn't. He just. <laughs> He essentially, like, I know he didn't lose-lose to Doink, but, but he, he basically did. he basically did. And then he could never beat Shawn Michaels yeah. in 93 also. It's like a big oath. Yeah, like, it's, I just, like, it's the booking. It's not his They fault. made him look crappy. And, right. you know, finally, like, he, he returns to Master Fuji. He's like, I'm yeah. so bad. So, so, <laughs> so he fights Yoko on July, yeah. right? Uh, gets the bodies, gets Bonsai dropped like 9 million times. Finally, Savage is like, oh, maybe I'll help. So that was a nice touch. Yeah. October comes, like, months later. Everyone's forgotten about Crush. We're like, we don't give a shit. Yeah, it's like, enough. Like, Bret Hart, Owen Hart, that's right. good. We, 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 fuck this Crush shit. Right. So Crush comes out with a goatee, never a good sign. <laughs> Leather jacket and, and uh, uh, Mr. Fuji with him, right? Yeah. And he's like, you did the thing, Randy Savage. It's all your fault that I suck. Yeah. That, he blames Savage, basically, for mm-hmm. everything, for his whole career being horrible. I mean, he should have blamed himself. <laughs> and remember, Savage is like, I'm sorry, okay? Shake my hand, right? Yeah, like, Savage all... is like, I'm going to be all... Yeah! Like, I messed up. I should have mentored him better <laughs> or something. You know? And, of course, uh, Crush drops him along the guardrail. All right, finally, good. Hot feud, right? Now, Savage I... puts his heart and soul into this. I'll admit, I like this Crush. No, it's better. This is my favorite Crush. But it's like... It he doesn't still mean, sucked. It doesn't mean it's good. It just means that of all the crushes, this is my favorite crush. Where you got, like, Fuji just vaguely waving a Japanese flag, but he's not even, like, he's not, he's not, like, really part of Crush. He's part of Yokozuna. Yeah. So he still dresses in the, like, gi or whatever. Yeah, he's still got, he's still got that. Yeah. He's not, yeah, he's still Yokozuna, uh, Mr. Fuji. Right. It's just Crush is, like, his side project. Right. It's like, remember him? <laughs> now, we have said this before somewhere. I don't remember where. Savage was a great feud person. I mean, when he'd had a feud like Jake, or he put his all into it. He planned it out. The feud with Crush in that match at WrestleMania 10 would have been masterful 
had it been almost anyone but Crush. Yeah. The angle was good. The way it played out. The length of it. They gave it a lot of time. They gave right. it, a lot, it was the, all good. It didn't fail for lack of effort. It failed because Crush. Crush. Yeah. Seriously. He can't, he can't talk. He can't so. really talk. Fuji can't. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Like... Why couldn't they have Cornette manage him instead? Like, at least that would, like, maybe yeah, cover well, for it a little you're right. bit. Cornette like, had nothing to do with Crush, right? Yeah. He's uh, like, fuck that guy, motherfucker. Yeah, it was just like, uh, you handle him food. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know? It's, it's like, true. oh, yes, my old apprentice. <laughs> I remember you. You lost to my uh, Japanese opponent at WrestleMania uh, 7. But yeah, so it sucked. So then they're like, all right, let's just merge Crush and Yoko into a tag team. Right. Then Crush is like, you know what? I'm going to sell uh, drugs and firearms illegally and get arrested. And we're uh, like, oh, man. So then he comes back in 96, Quinn. Now it's they've worked it into his character. Which is good. I'll give him credit. I'll give him it's credit. Like, oh, he went to prison. Anything can happen in the WF. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, he came. Oh, he's got a lawyer as his manager now because, you know, he's going to get in trouble. Look at my tattoo, bro. Look at my tattoo. I got a jean coat, bro. Like, you know, all this shit. Nation of domination. <laughs> yeah, and that? Yeah. Which is just like, why? I'm friends with Savio Vega and Farouk, bro. And Farouk's like, get the fuck out of yeah, here. Yeah, like, he was horrible. He can't talk. He's awful. He, I don't even remember him talking. Ever. Good. Like, instead, he's like, he's like Mr. Shotgun Saturday Night because, you know, the cops aren't going to look for him there or something. I don't know. But he, he stinks. He thought he was, like, second in command in the nation. Yeah. They're like, oh, you know, if Farouk's not case. around, yeah. we got Bra over here. He used to be in demolition. He's, he's something. Vice president of the nation. Yeah. And- Being vice president of the nation of domination is not good no it's not so anyway farouk's like get the fuck out of my group okay <laughs> he just throws him out he's like you, you, you leave you, you and savi make a stink <laughs> butt he's like you know what brah i got my biker friends at the biker place <laughs> on the road there and they're I, nazis bro yeah it's like a skull eight ball fake undertaker bop and rock steady whatever they're gonna join me brah and now I'm going to be the president. As a fake Undertaker. Fake Undertaker. And fake Crush in one God, in one there's place. so many things, Joe. And it's all bad. It's all bad. Like, this is where we, like, we are hitting rock bottom. We And we haven't even fully hit it yet because we haven't even gone to WCW yet. Like, he is horrible. He's like, really you crap. Don't even re- you know what the problem with Crush at this point is? And, and talker-wise, like... He's just mixed in because, especially because Brian Lee's there. Yeah, they're like, like the same thing. I swear, they I are. Could, I couldn't tell the difference. They look the same between anybody. Like even the bald guys. Well, like, they think. Yeah, like, <laughs> they're they're that's the whole different yeah, thing. Yeah, but, <laughs> but I know it feels rambly, but this is this is like how Crush's career felt at this point. It was rambly, melty. Yeah, <laughs> it's very melted, and it was just like. We're gonna beat up the Los Bariquas, yeah, brah. Forever. Like, it, it just it just never went away. <laughs> Fuck nation. I, I'm gonna beat up D-Lo, brah. Yeah, like, that's you know, all. It was you know, horrible. Godfather, you stink, brah. <laughs> and then Bret Hart gets screwed over and crushes like, I like him, brah, so I'm yeah. leaving. So he does. WCW brings him in a couple of months later as Brian Adams, NWO. Very, as Quinn would say, indescript in the NWO. <laughs> so, didn't he like... I almost want to say he feuded with, like, Mr. Perfect or Bret Hart or something. It was, like, something like that. You know, I'm going to fight the Brian Adams, and I'm going to beat you. You know, (laughs) we used to both be in WF, but now we're in WCW where the big boys play, so we're big boys. I thought it was garbage. Yeah. So, so, uh, and he doesn't do much as, like, NWO Brian Adams. He had a leather coat. Leather coat. He's like, I have the tank top on, bro. His tattoo was gone. Thankfully. Yeah. And then, the last phase of his career... 
in WWF or WCW first. The Chronic. Yes, with, Chronic. With uh, Adam Bomb, his crony so, there. So this is where this is where Crush becomes so indescript as a, in, again as a talker that he literally like They're merges hot. with Adam Bomb, who was a subpar version. I feel like it raised up Adam Bomb because he became at the level of Crush, which isn't a good level, but it's yeah, better than Adam Bomb, right? And all of a sudden you're like, I don't even know which one's which. <laughs> like I was literally confused because the tattoo's gone, so I can't tell them apart <laughs> that way. They both have like flowy black brown hair. I liked it. I liked they Chronic. Man. They both have, you know, like a one piece thing on singlet, a singlet, singlet thing on yeah. they have boots. They look the same, whatever. Brian Adams, Brian Clark. Yeah. Almost the same thing. Very right? Brian. Very Brian. A lot of Brian. The life of Brian. <laughs> it was it was bad. And then uh, after the Vince owned his competition, actually brought in Chronic for a match. And in typical WWF fashion, they just had Undertaker and Kane, like, squash them. Well, do you blame them? They were, like, done with Crush by this point. They were like, we're not, we're not doing this again. The fact that Crush was there at least, like, one match in 2001 is amazing. <laughs> now, I like Crush. It's like full circle. It's like, we need to, we need to crush him, Aww. like, finally for good. You know, like, let's just bring him in to lose. It's sad, though, in a way, because Brian Adams, I feel like, look, he wasn't a very talented, uh anything but i mean he wasn't but he had a good look and he was a big guy but again primarily because this is the talker segment and i feel like we more rambled about just crush stinking. Well, we have to go on about his career yeah. right he really couldn't talk and i think that's that, that the whole bra thing is really what people remember really what about is that him talking like the, the bra it's all over the place, yeah. right? It's just, that's all he is. He was just a bad talker. He was just, and... It was just a bad talker. You know, he probably could have made up for it because he really did. He was a big dude. Had a good he look. Did, he had a good look. Like, there wasn't... He wasn't awful in the ring. You know, he could handle himself. Like, he could do the power move wrestler thing. The he was okay. He was okay. The, the problem also was that when when he started to hit his, like, prime where he could do the kind of match that he wanted to do, yeah, his style was gone like he was like brought in in the hulk hogan era where like a big man side slam all that kind of shit right (laughs) side slam. like that's what i remember about crush power moves blah 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 yeah like all that stuff was lame now and and here here's here he's left with the tools of like a hulk hogan era in the attitude era but he's younger than hulk so he can't like true no legacy and he can't talk he can't cut weird promos about swimming in the atlantic ocean or anything like that and also, Quinn, who knows what they would have done with him in 95 if he wasn't arrested. That's another thing. It seems that like... That would have helped their 95. It seems like that, Joe, you pointed out a good thing because it seems like that was the point of no return where they're yeah. like, well, we can't trust him. Yeah. He, you know, right, he, right. He, he went to jail for a year. That's so the only thing. And they were already having image problems as it was. Right. We can't. You know, they tried to, like, I don't know, dovetail that into the Attitude Era at the beginning where like, oh, look, we got somebody from prison. I know. That makes us cool, right? Yeah, but... Maybe that was intentional, so it was like, look, in case someone gives us a hard time, we're acknowledging that he is an ex-con. You know right. what I mean? We, he, I mean, he is managed by a lawyer for a reason, right? <laughs> yes, of course. So, yeah, I don't know what would have become of him in 95, and I don't know what's going to become of him in the rankings, but I guess it's time to do it, huh? Let's let's rank him. All right, I'm going to run him down one more time for you folks at home, keeping score with your pens and pen, pencils and paper and all that. Computers. Computers, too. Calculators. Yeah. TI-86. Oh, the best. Yeah. Number one, Ahmed Johnson Doobie Boy, uh, which it was pointed out to me. What he's saying is there ain't nothing between us but air and opportunity, boy. But it's Wait, what? A, it's Ahmed Johnson, so... I didn't, I didn't even know he said that. Absolutely, boy! Number two, Jimmy Snook. Oh, into my mind. <laughs> Number mm-hmm. three, Ice. Dean Malenko. Ice cold. Ass. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Stop. Stop. Is that what they say? I, yeah. Uh, number four, Bob Backlund. Uh, yeah. 
Number five, Sid. Shouldn't even be on the list. Number what? six, Lex Luger. No, he shouldn't. Okay. Lex Luger shouldn't either. I agree. All right. Now, Scott Steiner, I think, Quinn, there's an echelon here that Sid and Luger are holding down like they're entertaining and they shouldn't really be here. That's where the, that's their tier, right? Right, yeah. Sid and Luger. Backlund and Malenko are more of like, these guys are just bland. Right. And then Snuka and Ahmed are incomprehensibly atrocious. Where <laughs> so, does Steiner fit into this? So, again... This is my my biggest issue with Scott Steiner is it feels so intentional. So I can't, in good conscience, put him in the Ahmed Snooker tier. However... Because he's also entertaining. Right. So he's more entertaining than Dean and Bob. Yes, I agree. But at the same time, he's more incomprehensible. Right. So, like, what the hell? Like, does he go at number three in between Snooker and Malenko, or does he go between Sid and Bob Backlund? That's where I'm, I'm exactly debating. what I'm thinking. It's either one or the other. Well, we have to consider the first, you know, 10 years of his career right. where he wasn't Big Papa Pump and he's still a bad talker. Okay. Yeah, you could factor that. That hurts him. That's part of it. So maybe that puts him in the number three spot. I, yeah, he's... Look, when he's in the Steiner Brothers, he's boring. He's a bad talker. It's terrible. Now, they're not supposed to be good talkers, but if they were good talkers, that would have made them better. The most character <laughs> the Steiner Brothers ever got was when their mom and sister was in the audience that time and they're like we don't even know what this is it's a, but it was like and then the blouses the 90s blouses they had on and papa steiner's at home he's not feeling well yeah, like they they just it's just a very like notable it's the she me, calls him rob to me it's the most the biggest thing that, right? the most exposition about the steiner brothers ever right right um, that, <laughs> it's literally like i you're just not wrong again blouses hair yep. and they don't they they are wrestlers but we don't like wrestling those are the like, the four things out of it that come to me and todd is trying his best to like yeah. make this entertaining yeah because todd's a pro yes um that said though quinn they weren't known for their talking and you could say well they the wrestlers uh-huh. okay lod they weren't known for their talking but lod infinitely better talkers than the steiners wouldn't That's you say true. road like, warriors sour and glory I yeah mean. Nasty Boys, probably better talkers than the Steiner Brothers. I will agree, actually. Right. I mean, <laughs> remember the time they went to the video store and all that? <laughs> There's a lot of tag teams that weren't known for their talking that are still better than the Steiners. But then again, Big Papa Dump, very Honestly, entertaining. Because, because I think the entertainment, I think he's number five. Okay. I really do. Because no, no, that's okay. I, I know a lot of people are going to be like, oh, he's totally incomprehensible. And it's like, no, but that. They figured out, somebody figured out somewhere across the line that that's, that's the beauty of Scott Steiner is right. like that. And I feel like more for a longer time, he was the intentionally incomprehensible character. That point when he wasn't comprehensible was short. Okay. So what we're going to do before we final, final, finalize this is we're going to make him, he's worse than Sid and Luger because they're, they're just better talkers. They're overall. just overall better. Scott Steiner is a special kind of weird performance art thing now why but bob backland you know we're calling him better than bob backland he is but better than bob backland's 94 is very good yeah but that very he's not he's barely wrestling at that point he's he's down to like almost a practically a commentator but i'm just saying also backland could talk when he wanted to yeah i know kitty but but most of the time he talked like this Mm-hmm. I don't know. I might want to put Steiner in between Backlund and Malenko. He, Scott Steiner is infinitely more entertaining than Bob Backlund, even at his best. I don't know about that. Really? I don't. Seriously. He, 
Scott Steiner, in the, especially in the early internet, like he was somebody that wow, you got to check out this clip of Scott Steiner, oh, and, right. and it like exploded. Like it was, it was very popular. To like, he's one of those like pioneers of botchmania, <laughs> like <laughs> to the point where they he played to it too. Like you Fair. knew he played to it. Yeah, he was he was self aware. Yeah, especially because and look this up, folks, because I know I've seen it. It's like if you look up s- clips about Scott Steiner, like. He's like a notable person in the town he lives in, or whatever. He yeah, doesn't he talk is. like that. Well, I know at that. all. Like, yeah, of course, because it's, it's a wrestling so, per- right. It's persona. So, when you start to see like who he really is, right, you realize how put on this character was. Um, all right, I'm yeah. not, there's no hill to die on here. Yeah, I'll keep him below how Backlund. Just it's in, fine. Intentional, yeah. it began. Okay, like you know what I mean. So what that does, folks, is that puts Sid and Luger down to six and seven. Scott Steiner goes into the number five spot. Right. Fine with me. Mm-hmm. Now, crust. Where do we put crust? Now, crust is just bad. Yeah, I, but what kind of bad, Quinn? He's not like, um, he's not again, incomprehensible. I think it's, so, I think it's very in between Malenko and Snuka. Okay. It's somewhere in between. He's better than Ahmed. Right. He's, better, he's way better than Ahmed. Okay. Everyone's better than Ahmed. He's better than Snuka because he's more understandable, more right. intelligible. Okay. Brah. Now, I can't, yeah, you know what? Let's talk this through. Yeah. Right? Crush and maybe it's because he just wasn't capable of it. The only promo, I feel like, where he really displayed any kind of depth was the one really good promo against Savage on Raw. Right. But the Crush, like, doink stuff is really stupid. It's not, there's nothing good about that, no. right? The Crush's promos, I mean, like, you're mean! You know? From a promo perspective. Yeah. I don't like when you do that to yeah, kids, yeah. brah. There's no depth to the, to the Kona Crush character. Yeah. There's not. He's just like, I like God. to crush things. You just remind me of things like, yeah. didn't Bonnie talk to him? <laughs> Bonnie Blackstone? Oh, yeah. probably. She yeah. talked to everybody. Yeah. Well, what do you think? <laughs> Doink the clown! That's, yeah. that's how she talks. That whole, like, one session where it, she interviews... She's there for, like, five months. You need to stop with this one session. No, she's but, there for, like, wait, what? six months or something in the company. I swear they filmed a million promos at once with <sighs> her, and that's what we see. She's there from, like, May to October, but wow. it's fine. It feels like once. Yeah. I know. I know what you mean. You, you know what I mean about it, right? But she talks to everyone in, like, this loud, weird voice. She's like, Lex Luger, how come you don't want to talk about your forearm? Certainly one has to notice these explicit forearms. <laughs> Look at my hair. Yeah, it's, it's different like, now. I got a new pantsuit. Yeah. And everyone's like, who are you? <laughs> yeah. it's like, like, you can, can Ray Rougeau come back over here? You remember here? me from that weird thing from the Midwest yeah. or whatever? Te- no, I don't. Te- Texas. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what a legend down there in Global because she <laughs> talked to her husband, Joe yeah. Pettisino. Yeah. Cool. She's okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to be. No, She's actually good. You know what it is? It's like. It's her voice. There's a bunch of people I associate her with and Crush is one of them. Crush is one of them. Bam, bam. Bam Bigelow yeah. and Luna. Yeah. Bam Bam she, Bigelow. Sensational sharing. Yeah. <laughs> she talks like that. It's yeah. real. Mr. Crush. Yeah. It's, <laughs> How come you have decided to challenge Shawn Michaels? Yeah. I don't like him. I know we're getting off topic, but we it, have to. It's I'm it, a crush. It's crush, right? Yeah. And this is what I associate with him and how I rank him. But like truthfully, uh, and, and now back to being honest, when we were talking about the demolition version, it's very flat. It's a stock like loud yelly heel. Right. Uh, when we're talking about the Kona version, it's like, I like the crush things, brother. Again, a little bit of personality with that one promo, which maybe he rehearsed and planned for months right. uh, against Savage. That's really good. 
Any other good Kona Crush promos that you can I can't think, think of? Or, of anything. Or That's the problem, right? Right. And this is why I'm going to say he's just unbearable. He's worse than Dean Malenko. You really think I so, I can't even believe it, but it, it's true. Is it because at least with Malenko, you felt some kind of human aspect? Yes. Like, okay. his his boringness was just kind of like... He's a real person. It's like, yeah, there. he was able to somehow convey that it's like... He's like, well, I don't give a shit this if I'm is a who he is, you know? like, yeah, it's just, I don't fucking care about talking. And, and I, I'm glad he's honest about it for whatever reason. It's right. like, you know, he gets it. Crush is very stuck. Yeah. I, I, Crush I is a try hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's sad because, like, I want... I think most people feel the same way. And we're going to have people that are like, no, Crush is really good. What are you talking about? Okay, at what? But <laughs> what is he good at? But, mm-hmm. like, Siri, I'm not being mean. I don't he's know not what that he's good. I don't know what he's good at. He's big. Mm-hmm. He's good at being big. He has a good press slam. Right. <laughs> right? He's like a few things, but I, I he's just, strong. And his talking but never stood out. It was no. always his biggest weakness. Yeah, okay. I, just, I think this is actually a great spot for him. Yeah. The main thrust here, Quinn, is that he just never felt like a relatable person. Yeah. Seriously. He, like he talked like a robot. Yeah, like a cartoon character. Yeah, it's like, this is what they wrote for me. In an yeah. era where, like, that wasn't actually the norm. Was yeah. Everyone was a weird character that they just, on the fly, invented stuff to say. Right. And even if you take it all the way back to the demolition era, right. for Crush to feel like a flat character... Standing between Axe and Smash, who themselves are like, this is very over-the-top and cartoony. But they had a nuance to them that Crush did not have. Again, he's like demolition robot baby or something. He's just never a good talker. Yep. Plain and simple. Mm -hmm. Number three it is. Okay, I'm fine with that. Demolition accessory. (laughs) I feel bad because I really do want to like Crush. I really do. Like, I want him to be good. You want to, but it just, Demolition just equipped him as armor or something. I don't know. He was just crappy. He's just not that good yeah. but anyway folks at number one still number one don't worry Ahmed Johnson two Superfly Jimmy Snuka three the up and comer Crush four Dean Malenko five Bobby Backlund six is Scott Steiner somewhere in his own universe down there Yeah, and uh, Sid and Lex Luger rounded out at seven and eight Folks, that is the Royal Flush for this week. Be sure to let us know what you think and let us know why you think it. You can do that, of course, on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Send us an email or join the group. But, Quinn, when we come back, it is time. It's Saturday, right? Mm -hmm. There's going to be some main event. It's true. And it's on Fox. Okay. (sighs) We'll have to see what that's all about, folks. Saturday night's main event is coming up right after this. Hello, wrestling fans. It's Joe here. And while we're on a break, I just wanted to take a moment to shout out three friends of the show. Check out the New Day podcast hosted by three guys that have actually worked in the actual wrestling business. I'm talking about Xavier Woods, Kofi Kingston and Big E. They're going to bring their unique perspective as fans, but also as people that actually work in the industry to a very creative and entertaining podcast. New Day Podcast. And then check out Greetings from Allentown, hosted by one man, Peter Winson. He'll take you on a whimsical journey through retro wrestling's past. It's unique, it's quirky, it's Greetings from Allentown. And finally, if you like your retro wrestling slathered in barbecue sauce, check out Mike Mills and Book in the Territory as they bring you the very best in the Southern Fried Wrestling. We're talking about Smoky Mountain and the NWA. It's Book in the Territory. So again, our three friends of the show. The New Day Podcast. Greetings from Allentown and booking the territory. Hello, all my fellow chaps. Lordship Richard Land here. 
just a quick check in to make sure you're all enjoying the 102 Fad Ladies 88 episode of OVP Podcast. I remember when I was on the first Two Fat Ladies special. What a splendid time that was. Well, back to my fish and chips and cup of tea, but as my fellow lordship, Alfred Hayes, always says, these fat ladies are awesome. Cheerio now. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for being with us here. It's episode number 188, or as Richard Lamb would say, of course, 100 Two Fat Ladies, Michael. Right. That's yeah. the official name. That's the official We'll never have this again. <laughs> no. 100 Two Fat Ladies. We never will. That's correct. And you know what, Quinn? We're reviewing something. You know that? We are. We are. Now, folks, you've heard of Saturday Night's main event, but a quick refresher here. We always like to give you a little background. That was actually a very popular program, right. and it aired uh, from 1985 until 1991 on NBC. Now, it wasn't every... Uh, week it wasn't even every month it was an occasional special yeah it was a special it was a special like, it was practically like the clash of the champions for wf yeah essentially there yeah. was a few a year some years there was a couple of extra ones and it would take the saturday night live time slot which was eleven thirty to 1 a.m right on nbc something to do with dick ebersol or something yeah yeah it was something to do with dick ebersol he had gotten uh, into a relationship with vince mcmahon it worked out very well for both parties for several years Dick Ebersole actually really helped the Vince McMahon visually improve the product around 85, 86, 87. Well, I don't blame him because if, if you saw what they were airing before, like on Championship. Hope I, you like Dark. NBC's probably like, we're not putting this on our net. Like, no. Like it's Vince, like, you need to. This shit's for like Channel 9. Yeah. Like, this is not NBC. It's true, yeah. though. So it brought a certain uh, slickness because NBC, obviously a longtime broadcasting company. Had broadcast several professional sports, baseball, basketball, football, all sorts of things. They knew what they were doing when it came to televising things. Yeah. And it really helped. They're like, you out. need to light up the arena. Yeah. You need to. Big. You have to have an entrance way and yep. music for everyone yep. and all this stuff. And it really was good because uh, Saturday Night's Main Event was much different than your typical WWF program, such as uh, Superstars or Championship Wrestling right. or anything like that. Even from the beginning, it would start up and there'd be like this special music for them talking and it's like oh yeah macho man i'm gonna kick someone's ass tonight and they would like it's always macho man that i think of too so <laughs> here's the thing that i think that was so good about the presentation of saturday night's main event in general if you never watched wrestling the characters would practically explain who they were and why the fuck they hated some guy that they were fighting this week in on this show. In like, and you in not yeah, ninety seconds you would know, okay, there's these three matches yep. and these guys don't like each other because of this yep. and that and this is who they are. It was very broad, which is smart because when you're gonna get an audience that you don't normally have uh-huh. Right, which is the NBC Saturday Night audience that people that might not even know it's on, but they're so in the habit of watching Saturday Night Live, they flip it on they flip and they're like, on. "What is this?" Correct, and, you know. So you need big, you need broad, right? And one guy that really, really, really helped get that over was Jesse Ventura. He did commentary right. on almost all of them, and from he the had original mainstream run. appeal by that point too, because yes. like he had made some movies. And, they were, and people were like, "Oh yeah, that's the guy from Predator." Right? Like they're like, "What is this?" Right? right. You know, oh, so much so. That they were able to like spin it off into like the eight o'clock version, yeah, where, the main event, which right. was like the highest rated thing ever, wrestling thing. Now, a couple of things led to this kind of declining, and it's not all one thing, and it's not one thing's fault. Uh, number one, though, is wrestling just as a whole around 1990 right. started to wane a little bit. You can just see evidence of that in the crowds and things like that. The, the general yeah. excitement started to turn down. Uh, Jesse Ventura left the company. 
that actually hurts more than you'd think because right. when when you turn some of these later ninety ones and ninety one and Piper is on, you're like, get off my go TV, away, get the fuck I, off. Yeah, I just want to watch. <laughs> ah, yeah, <laughs> it's like shut the fuck up. Yeah, seriously, so, it's bad. Yeah, I mean Jesse was a staple and his voice of authority really helped to I'm a making, mainstream making fun of Vince. Yeah, all of it. Right, yeah. it was so good. And then obviously uh, by ninety one, when the last one aired, which was April. We're even in a worse spot than we were in 90, just mm-hmm. overall business-wise, right? And then soon after would come Zahori in yeah. things and scandals. NBC canceled it, so April 91 is the last one that aired. By that point, they probably didn't want to be associated, especially with a steroid trial kind That's of starting to commence. And, uh, yeah. yeah. I don't know how many more they were going to have in 91, but they pulled the plug after the April one. Right. They were but, like, we don't need this on here. And in the meantime, NBC had picked up this little thing called the NBA. And look, as much as we all love wrestling, I'm sorry, NBA, much better opportunity than worrying about wrestling. Hell, the NHL trumps WF sorry. Back, back then. Sorry, like, you it know does, what I mean? Yeah. Like, and that's the weakest sport in America, at the very least, maybe not in Canada. But. Right. Yeah, no, yeah, but in, in America it is. So then we go forward to 1992. There's this network that had emerged about six years earlier known as the Fox Network. Yes. And in the 80s, Quinn, Fox was a fledgling network. I mean, it had... We are still in that point. Oh, yeah. In in 92. Like, this, like, growing network where they're like, we don't even have all the affiliates yet. Yeah. We don't even... (laughs) Right. Yeah. It's like our our news at, you know, our local news is really rather shitty. Right. You know? They had, like, three things they were known for by this point. Right. Married with Children. Right. The Simpsons. And Cops. That's about all they had, Which were great They're all great. That... I mean, I don't think Fox would have survived its first couple of years without without any of them, without any of it. Yeah, but um, <laughs> it, it's not the Tiffany Network that NBC. NBC was like for WWF to be on NBC was like a very big deal. That's huge. Like the closest other thing they could be on was like maybe CBS. Like would that would bring like the maybe that would bring the prestige. Yeah, ABC, not even ABC. ABC that wouldn't be enough. No, like it's like ABC back then they would just get whatever. Yeah, NBC was a big deal. Imagine if a imagine if WWF was part of the ABC universe because you know ABC Stop, would have no. crossovered everything no because that's what they did <laughs> i mean re- they kind of were because of regis anyway don't but, bring up yeah. regis right yeah. now oh and you know recently passed as of, of recording right uh, yeah regis we're gonna beautiful so anyway we fast forward now okay it's february 92 quinn right and now wwf has forged themselves a relationship with fox to produce for the first time since april of 91 saturday night's main event we're gonna have to see quinn because like you just mentioned nbc this prestige there. Yeah. This is the freaking Tiffany, Tiffany Network, Network, man. Yeah, exactly. This is a big deal. Can Fox... What? How does Fox approach this? Let's find out, right? Because, <sighs> I mean, they're not NBC, and they know it. And they don't have the budget. No. Yeah. And Vince this knows This is the American Idol era, where they're, right. like, rich. <laughs> right. <you know>? Yeah. <laughs> right. A- NFL on Fox. Yeah, MLB no, on no, Fox. No, Joe no, Buck. No. Everything. <laughs> yeah. like, all the sports. Right, like, right. Yeah. This is way before that, folks. So let's get into it now. It is Saturday Night's main event. February 8th, 1992, and we are greeted with the brand new horrible intro. I've always hated every single thing about the presentation of Saturday Night's Made Event for this. It felt cheaper. It yep. felt like WWF B-tier video game edition. It like It did. Was horrible. Well, well. Like, so what is that, that song? Guitar. <laughs> 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 
like, horrible. And then the new logo, Quinn, which is very 90s. Very raw for Super Nintendo presentation. <laughs> and even, like, the way the song ends, it's got, like, the Fox, like, notes. It's like, almost, like, almost. The theme song is so shitty. The whole intro is a complete downgrade. No cold open interviews, wrestlers on nine TVs in the intro, Macho Man jumping out of a weird rainbow, or I don't know what the fuck he's... Absolutely ass logo sorry it just always annoyed me <laughs> like bad. this shit this is why we were talking about the presentation it's because yeah. this is the biggest problem <laughs> with this thing it just looks cheap less so- time <laughs> yeah <that's- laughs> horrible let me let me yeah let me also mention that it's one hour yeah not 90 minutes they did get a better time slot comparatively they got a 9 p.m for this one. Oh, great it's good because if they were on at 11.30, no one will watch it. Oh, they'd be watching no, SNL. Yeah, they'd be like, well, why would I turn on Fox <laughs> at that hour? Like, Mad TV doesn't exist no. yet. But let's see how we do here. We're joined by Vince McMahon, of course. You're not, he's got to do this himself. Right. Well, I mean, television. to be fair, yeah. in the canon of WF, Vince, this is his show. Yeah, no, like, it is. It's not a Gorilla Bobby joint. He's hosted all of them. Yeah. Literally all of them. But he's with Bobby here, and they're in Lubbock, Texas. This is taped at the end Thank of January. goodness they got Bobby. They are ready for Uh, thankfully, too, they're actually at ringside. It's not a green screen right. intro. And I will say, regardless of the shitty presentation, yep. like all that said, right? Yep. We are coming into a very good, like, creative era. Oh, yeah. Like, Rumble 92 is in the books, Mania 8 is next. And you can, like, actually feel the excitement. Like, it doesn't. Once we get out of the intro and presentation, yeah. it's like, okay, this is like good era WWF, oh, yeah, pre, 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 super pre attitude era, yeah. like where it's like edgy and stuff. The creative renaissance that kind of began maybe around October, November 91 right, yeah. and lasted throughout most of 92. Yeah. It's good. It's like good storytelling. Things are yeah. exciting, engaging. So we got to give them that. Bobby, of course, immediately puts over the new WWF champion, Ric Flair. I'm very excited about all these events. Bobby's like, this, oh, is, yeah. this is great. Ric Flair's the champ. I'm he in all it. my glory. <laughs> <laughs> yep. uh, you know? And then Vince brings up how we're going to see the big Randy Savage-Jake Roberts match tonight. Mm-hmm. Bobby says that Jake's going to slap Liz again. He compares her to a little dog that he used to tease. I, I, this was an odd, weird... Even I, for Bobby, right? Yeah, it was just off. Was very, yeah, I wonder even if like, for, somebody wrote that. That's what I'm like, thinking. It's not a Bobby joke. No, he wouldn't normally say there something like that. There was a couple things he said on this that were like not Bobby. Yeah. They didn't feel like the, the, the quick wit, like just off the cuff remark. Right. It felt like somebody was like, somebody wrote say it. this, Bobby. Yeah, maybe they did. Yeah. Maybe the producer of this did. Yeah, it's like you're on Fox, you gotta say this shit, right? Yeah, maybe. Like, or maybe Vince said, you know what, we gotta really make it clear that you're a bad guy, because you're right. funny. So, you know, for the new fans that are watching, if, just be a dick. If Bobby's too funny, nobody considers him a bad guy. They're right. just like, he's like, hilarious. Yeah, that's the thing. It reminded me of when I used to feed my little dog. I used to give him a treat, and when he reached for it, I'd throw it away. And Jake the Snake Roberts may do that to Miss Elizabeth and the Macho Man tonight. Anyway, the Mounties theme fires up. He wanders out with Jimmy Hart. Mountie, baby! Yeah, Here Mountie he is! Here he is, baby! Uh, sadly, it's still the old theme. The... Yeah. That one. Well, to me, that's more the singles era Mountie. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> I know. I like the other song better, but I yeah. Uh, Vince makes fun of the Mountie for only holding the IC title for two days. The crusty rain. <laughs> It's like Bret Hart's sick. Let's give it to Mountie. You know, uh, I'm going to go to WCW. Oh, wait, I can't. What, you, know, you know what I like about that, though? What? I like that we can say Jacques Rougeau had a singles title. He did, Like, man. it's incredible. Like, nobody ever talks about it, but it's like, it's an incredible fact that Jacques Rougeau, tag wrestler that we loved so much, 
actually held the Intercontinental title when it mattered for you know like what? two days or whatever. Quite a career. Yeah. Also a tag champion. But right. Pierre also defeated Hulk Hogan cleanly. Exactly. He's, he's an all-timer, folks. It, he's two really three old. belts. He's only missing one belt. Right. Like. <laughs> Not bad. Uh, but anyway, this is going to be the big rematch here, Quinn against Piper. He has no chance, but it's nice to see that he thinks he does. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I'm going to win! Yeah. <laughs> no, you're not. Uh, Roddy Piper's music hits to a great reaction here. He staggers out with the IC title around his waist. All proud. This is a great moment for Piper. He Hell returned yeah. to wrestling. He'd become the Intercontinental. He had a belt, which was like... Piper Huge. never lost ever, but it was just like they, he somehow he never came around to fighting a champion where like he was like in a win scenario. Right. Not a bullshit finish scenario. Right. And finally we're here, right? Yeah. And Bobby, of course, says that that belt is holding up his skirt. And if there's any doubt, Quinn, the fans, uh, he is over. Piper oh, yeah. is still very over here, right? Oh, yeah. Very, very over. Uh, Jimmy Hart yanks the IC title away from Piper, hands it to the Mountie who proudly poses with it, which is really funny. Very Jacques Rougeau. <laughs> Very Jacques Rougeau. Referees Joey Morella as Mountie attacks a distracted Piper from behind. Hot Rod still has his shirt on here. He tosses Piper out, celebrates, but Hot Rod sneaks up back in and clotheslines Mountie out of the ring for a two count. He bails out for a hug, of course he does, to Jimmy, but Piper hops down, gives him the old double noggin knocker, punches on the outside. Vince now advises us that the winner here is facing Bret Hart at WrestleMania. Back in now, Mountie with some stomps. Piper still has his shirt on the whole time, by the still way. I should note this. Oh, um, keep, keep noting it, please. Also, yes. what you just said about they keep saying about the winner faces Bret Hart. I yeah. liked that that was like mentioned a lot. Like, yeah. oh, it could be Mountie versus Bret Hart. Like, they kept saying it, and yeah. I loved that. I love when they ever did that. Like, they later did that with like Austin and Bret. Like, they were like, yeah. oh, it could be for the WF uh-huh. title. Like, you yeah. know. Because, I mean, hey, if, if it's Mountie and Brett, that makes sense. Brett's big rematch he never got. Yeah, I just like when they emphasize it. Yeah. Like, that, like, no, this could really happen. It could be him. Yeah. A Tree of Woe by Mountie is we now get an insert promo from Brett. He doesn't really say anything notable here to quote, but he does hope that he faces Piper one way or another, though. Brett says, I'm getting my belt back. Cool. Uh, Mountie with two off of whatever here. Body slams and posing for fun. Off the ropes. Big doofy splash by Mountie. But Piper gets the knees up. Jumps around stupidly. Big rights and lefts by Piper. Still wearing the shirt somehow. Still wearing the shirt, yeah. Now he goes for a bulldog, but Mountie actually throws him right into Joey Morella. Big pile driver by Mountie. Morella's out. And uh, Piper's still um, wearing it. Still this is weird. This is, get- this is getting weird. It's a lot of shirt. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Hart goes over, steals a cup of water from Mark Yeaton. Yeah. <laughs> He's just drinking weird. plain water. Yeah. Uh, dumps it all over Piper. See, I think I'd be drinking a soda if I was a timekeeper. And keeper. wasn't it like a Gatorade cup it or was. something, like, which was confusing? Very confusing. Yeah. But he dumps his water on Piper, does Jimmy Hart. And Mountie grabs the shock stick with that hideous dubbed-in sound effect. So Piper no-sells it like he's Hawk with a pile driver. And now I remember why the shirt. Ugh. Oh, no, I can't believe it. Well, wait a minute. That's out no effect on Roddy Piper. Can I, can I just say here, by the way, yeah. I like the whole thing of dumping the water on him first to use the electric because <laughs> well, it's like Pokemon it's and like <laughs> water's weak to electric and it's it's interesting. It's going to make it better, you yeah, know? It makes the shock even more, more powerful. Uh-huh. Big rights by Piper, though. The stick goes flying. Piper catches it, tosses out Jimmy Hart, goes right over the Mountie, jams him with the stick. More shocky sound effects. This is all real, This by is really the way. happening. Like, I feel like what we're describing here 
you would think that's not like what? Like, yeah, no, it's real. Water and electricity and and, and sound shock, effects, sound effects and shock sticks. It's always been stupid, folks. Yeah, wrestling has always been stupid. Mm-hmm. Well, yep. WWF anyway. It's true. Marilla gets up just in time though to count the pin. Piper wins. Big silly mess of fun here, Michael. Electric power, Pikachu approves. Yes, sir. Yeah, I love it. I love it. <laughs> now Piper takes off his white shirt to reveal a black T-shirt, and then under that is a really stupid looking like blue vest shirt that says shockproof isn't it just another shirt because if you notice it only has the zipper like like a quarter of the way through it's like a it's one of those weird like old navy tech fleeces or something <laughs> like you know what I mean? it's like it's not fleece but it's like that kind of zipper method is it supposed to be a rubber vest is that the implication so, and that's i think that's the implication but honestly what it looks like it looks like one of those things you wear when you're going water skiing or yeah. something like you yeah. know what i mean like and that's a wetsuit yeah and maybe it's the only thing they could find that says shockproof because it was probably some other brand <laughs> uh, you know what i mean yeah you're probably right actually anyway roddy goes to the camera and says roddy don't play that and Vince says, uh, neither does homie, Hot Rod. Gotta, you gotta what? cross-promote that in living color, you know? Yeah. Roddy, don't play that! Well, neither does homie, Hot Rod! We now get a clip from the Coliseum video, allegedly, version, where the uh, crowd <sighs> noise and the announcers are dubbed over Royal Rumble 92. Come on! See, the, the fake booze, even the commentary's fake. What <laughs> the actual fuck? Like, this is a classic moment this too. is egregious this right? is like what are they doing why are they doing this like it's like nobody was like booing no. or anything so if you follow this narrative right according to this the fans were so mad when sid dumped out hulk hogan they were they were cheering they cheered on the hulkster they were so happy when he helped rick flair eliminate sid oh and Gorilla called Sid a creep, and he was all mad at Sid. What a creep! Sid just turned out to me! The Hogan chance that never happened. The commentary's absolute bullshit. <laughs> People fake. This stinks ass. I don't like it. It's horrible, and I can't even believe they got Gorilla and Bobby to... Like, I can't believe they agreed to redo it. Was, I, like, I'm surprised both of them were like, Vince, that was like one of the best performances we ever had. Right. Like, why would we re-record it? Call him a creep. Yeah. <laughs> it's So here's the reality of the situation, folks. Sid eliminated Hogan fairly and squarely. It's unbelievable. <laughs> that it's they're a like, rumble. They're like, all these years, right? And we've watched all these. They're like, every man for himself. Did you know it's every man for himself? Anybody, no the, friends. The faces can face the faces. The heels can fight. Right. The, anything can happen. It doesn't matter how you get them out. Only foes. Yeah. <laughs> So what are they bitching about? Like, what is the issue? Like, Sid's just like, well... It's a Royal Rumble. It's a, I can throw him. I want to win. There's no, like, I'm not on his team. <laughs> right. Uh, you know what I mean? I want to be WF champion. Right. You know? And here's the other thing, right? The fans cheered Sid. Right, because he wasn't <laughs> doing anything wrong. They liked him. He was a face. Right. They're like, oh, he eliminated Hogan. Oh, well... Good job, yeah, Sid. This is like when Ultimate Warrior right, beat you know, Hogan. Beat Hogan or whatever, right? And they were also kind of happy when Flair won. Right. They appreciated the effort because he drew number three, so they're like, you know what? Good job. That's the other thing, is like I don't know if that's like kind of a mistake if you think about it, because like <laughs> like why would you not root for the guy that right. was like at number three? Right. And even on the original commentary, Gorilla has no problem with Sid. He's like, you have to hand it to right. Flair. Unbelievable Un- job. Great performance. <laughs> right. Like everyone's like, okay, this yeah. is like he fairly is the WF champion yes. like he survived the Royal Rumble like <sighs> it's written like it doesn't matter how you survive there's no rules and he didn't cheat 
cheat. Flair didn't do anything you wrong. You can't cheat it's in the not- Royal Rumble. It's impossible. Like Unless you go in after you've been eliminated. Right. That's even, the only shady thing. Even technically, Hulk Hogan didn't cheat. Well, technically. It's shady, though, what he did. It's Yeah, it's shady. Like, it, it deserves booze. But, yes. like, the point is, is like... It's you amoral. C- you can do that. You shouldn't, it, though. Yeah, like, nobody can get DQ'd. Right, but, but you shouldn't do no, that. No, you shouldn't. Hogan's... Uh, if anybody's wrong, it's Hogan. <laughs> yes! Yeah. Like, legitimately. Yeah. This isn't even ambiguous, like, Savage and Hogan in 89 or right. anything, where there's maybe some ambiguity. No, this is 100%, like... <laughs> Hogan's wrong. You're not supposed to... Like, you're supposed to leave. You can do it, but, like, you're not supposed to. <laughs> right! Like, Nobody's going to get DQ'd. There's no, like, rule against right. it. But, but it's just you're being a jerk. Yeah. So anyway, we cut to now the famous WrestleMania 8 press conference, quote-unquote, where Jack Tunney is going to announce the number one contender for Flair's belt. Oh, good. More fake. Yeah. Like, everything about this press conference is fake. It's just like a curtained-off room. Like lady down. Like, get the t- that lady down with the front. blonde hair. She's not even in the front, but, like, you want to yell down front because yeah. she's like, pictures, pictures. So she's, like, fake. jumping. Like, and it's like the, the room is, like, yeah. a fucking nothing. It's, like, so small. <laughs> Great press conference. What channel did this air on? <laughs> no. what, what news was this on? The WF network that didn't exist yeah. in, in 1992. Ladies and gentlemen, esteemed members of the press. So seated here are the former champion Undertaker, Fair. Right. Okay. Former champion. These are all people that should get a shot, right? Hey, Intercontinental champion Roddy I, Piper. I like that touch <laughs> yep. because like, it's like, no, well, the Intercontinental champion... He's in the mix. He's always the number one contender, yep. right? A big contender, Randy Savage. You know, he's been he's recently returned. Well, he was in the final four at the Rumble. Was in the final so that's, four. That's why he beat Jake at Tuesday in Texas. I he's love that a- everyone's logically here. By yeah. the way, the final four. Basically, it's the final four Royal Rumble people and the IC champion. Yep. A big contender, Sid Justice. Obviously, right. he was the the last eliminated. Right. And the former champion, Hulk Hogan. Right. Number three and number th- of yeah. the final four. So, Tony announces, of course, you know, logically, of course, that it will be... Hulk Hogan! And then we get Hogan, you know, yes! Yes! The, just, yeah. like, the worst. And then, of course, Sid with the papers. <sighs> the, and... the papers. <laughs> <laughs> the, the papers, I will never forget the sight of him just like... <laughs> That's amazing. So, afterwards, Mooney wanders over to Sid, and <laughs> Sid's like, shut the fuck up. And he's like, I'd be the champion if Hogan didn't pull me out! It's true! True. And my favorite line. My favorite line is, is is the next one where he's like, "This is bogus, Jack Tony." <laughs> now, what you did, Jack Tony, was bogus. The most bogus act you've ever pulled off. Vince then segues to a very happy promo from Sid earlier today, <laughs> where he talks like the Imaginary Stories podcast about how he's been misunderstood and he's sorry. He's like, "I've been misunderstood." You know, I, I'm sorry, Hulk Hogan. Imaginary he, he Stories podcast. See, the problem is, I've been misunderstood, and if anybody has taken what I said the wrong way, I apologize. And to you, Hulk Hogan, I sincerely apologize. An Imaginary Stories podcast. Vertible. He should be the number one. I know! He really should be. Uh, but now we cut to WWF champion Ric Flair entering with Mr. Tracksuit. Pretty much a jobber entrance yeah. here for the WF champion. Seriously, and then already yeah. in the ring, which yeah. is, this is a very funny cut, because it just cuts to Flair's partner already in the ring, the Undertaker. The jobber, like, he got the extra jobber yeah. entrance. See, downgrade. He's just looking at the, he's just looking at Ric Flair like, yeah, The way he's staring is amazing. He's just like, hi. <laughs> like Mr. Under Barry Horowitz Taker over here. Like what 
the fuck? They needed that extra half hour, man. Yeah. Of time. Like, and the Undertaker, <laughs> there he is. Yeah. Like, Flair's already like halfway down the aisle. They are, like, no this is like fanfare. the first where you realize they're just like rushing. They have to, yeah, right? They're just like, we can't even have the Undertaker. The Undertaker, <laughs> like the best entrance. <laughs> right. We can't even have him. <laughs> Flair's got his black and white robe for the record here as we go to break. Come back. We're Sean Mooney. Is with Sid and Hogan in the fake locker room. Sid all smiles in his red underwear. Yep. Like the rare. Yeah, the rare. That is rare. Yeah. They stupidly shake hands and Mooney leads Sid into a question and then suddenly <laughs> turns around and talks to Hogan instead. What a dick. I love this shit so much. This so whole mean. like this whole situation where it's like they are so clearly like yeah. make, like treating Sid like a idiot or something. It's not fair. He pulled the old Stu Hart on him from SummerSlam. Um, yeah, like, Stu, what do you think? You know? Oh, that's great. <laughs> Stu, tell us exactly what you think about your son. It's wonderful. I'm just, why don't you go? Sid just walks away as Hogan just rambles on about how he's going to beat Flair at WrestleMania. He's going to kick ass tonight against The Undertaker. And can I seriously like ask this question? Why is Sid even a heel? Like Hogan is being such a dick. Like even in his promo, he's like, "Yeah, Sid's going to go out there first because he's got you know whatever. <laughs> yeah. Fuck him. Like you know, you know what I mean? I'm going to win the title, brother. Yeah, it's like it's more important that I tell you that I'm going to be the champion. At, like he, at, like he acts like this, right? You know, like look, we can give Hogan the benefit of the doubt. In 86 when Orndorff turned on him, okay? Right. We can give maybe Hogan some of the benefit of the doubt with Savage, because maybe Savage was overreacting and Mm -hmm. fine. This... Hogan's an asshole. He's 100% an asshole. If he's supposed to be such like a mentor and friend to Sid, why is he treating him like an afterthought? Like right. the guy that technically like was number two. Yes. In the role. Like for, there's no reason Hulk Hogan should be the number one contender. And didn't Hogan eliminate people that he's friends with from the Royal Rumble in years prior? He's always done that. Didn't he eliminate like Savage? So it doesn't matter when it's Hulk. When Hulk's allowed to do it. But if, Sid, if Sid does it, how dare he? It's really shitty. Yeah. So anyway, he says he forgives Sid, but he also promises a very special surprise tonight. Fuck him. Like, I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to hear about it. Now, Mooney, clearly in, like, self-parody mode, is like, they are set for action. <laughs> set for action. <laughs> Sid, Sid, he says that. It's, just, it's, it's very moony. Oh, and, uh, and Hulkster set for action. It's real. Set for action. So Sid enters in his red underwear, like we mentioned. Stor- awesome, awesome music. Yeah, storming and all proud. He does like the jump. He's looking awesome. He's great. Yeah. Fans are still cheering him. Vince yeah. is like, oh, it's a mixed reaction. Literally no, it everyone's isn't. cheering. Not at all. <laughs> I know. They're like, yeah, Sid. And you know why they're cheering? Because Sid is fucking awesome. Yeah. He is. Looks like he could kick ass. <laughs> He's great. So Hogan music hits and to a good reaction. I can't deny it. Good reaction for the Hulkster. With him, though, is his big surprise. It's the absolute worst ass-sniffing version of Brutus Beefcake imaginable. Come the fuck on. Like, are you joking me? <laughs> You're going to be joking me. No. No, not this one. This is the worst Brutus Beefcake. This is like Lady Brutus. Like, oh, Hulk, can I sniff your underpants? Like, you know, he's so annoying. It's, it's worse like, than Don't 90- hit my face. I'm a <laughs> <Yeah>. baby now. <sighs> it's worse than 93. It's so bad. It's yeah. really bad. I got tassels. <laughs> like, fuck. Even his clothes are annoying. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Hogan poses as Beefcake just struts around stupidly. The brown nosing is totally disgusting here with Lady Beefcake. He's. <laughs> 
Yeah, he really, he's got the the feathered Farrah Fawcett hair. Like, it's like, oh, I can't take a hit. Oh, I'm a baby. Why is he there then if he can't yeah. get hit? I don't know why he's at a wrestling match, right. like not where behind people, the barricade. Right. If you're in a, an environment where people punch each other a right. lot and you can't be hit, right. don't be there. Anyway. Try to act like it's so brave that he's walking yeah. out here with the Hulkster. To do what? What is yeah. he even doing? To, to beg that he doesn't get hit. It's annoying. Earl's going to be the ref here as Vince talks about how Beefcake has to be careful because of his face. Hogan wants to start against Flair, but Sid's like, nah, let me do it. So Flair backs away into the corner of the start here. Lock up Irik by Flair. Corner whip by Sid. Back body drop. Hip toss. Flair bails out. Sid gives Hogan like this big dramatic tag in. Big stupid (laughs) happy tag. (laughs) Yeah. I'll tag you. All all funny. Boot by Hogan. Corner whip. Back drop by Hogan. Hip toss by Hogan now. Undertaker wanders in and gets hip toss as well. Big rights by Hogan. Tag to Sid. Undertaker is allegedly the legal man now, and I guess, because so he goes out of it, Sid. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Taker tries a slam, but Sid doesn't budge. Lands a body slam of his own. Tag now to Hogan, who body slams a Taker as well. Flair is in. Body slam for him, too. Hogan cleans house, and the crowd still loves him, I gotta admit. I don't know yeah, why. It's a lot of this, like, the whole time I'm thinking this, because I, I maybe it's just because they threw in different sweetening and stuff. Do you think, like, those cheers were fake? Some were, I think, but I yeah. mean, you could see people cheering. True. You know what I mean? So, like, the crowd. When they show the crowd, one. that's different. Yeah, when you can see the crowd. Paul Bearer on the outside makes faces at Mr. Perfect, which is really funny. Like, I don't trust him. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, oh no. no. <laughs> Taker's back in, tag to Sid. Irish whip head down, but Taker with a thrust, and now Sid is in trouble. Flair comes in, double clothesline by the heels, covered by Flair, gets two. Hogan breaks the count because he's a jerk. The illegal interference by the Hulk. What, like, what? He's such a heel. He's sometimes. allowed to do whatever he wants. Apparently. He's more heel here than NWL because at least with NWL, it's more like, no, I, like, I'm, uh, you know I'm a heel, right? With this, it's like, it's underhanded heelness. It's like, it's like I'm in disguise as a face, you know? Like, he might as well have the fake mustache and the Groucho glasses and nose, you know what I mean? It's so ridiculous. (laughs) Double atomic drop by the heels gets two because Hogan again breaks the count. The heels now set up a double stomach breaker, but Hogan again barges in, breaks that up. Double whip on flare, double boot, double close on an Undertaker who 360's out onto his feet. Always love that. Hogan now poses dumbly, but behind him, Sid is just staring him down as we go to break. The way we went to break is like Michael Cole. And well, you know what I mean? Vince it's like, taught it to it's him. like look at all this action. Blah, 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 and we'll be back right after that. Like, you know, like yep. you know, you know how Cole is where it's like you can tell because his the, the cadence. The cadence and the pitch it rises, like yep. and you're like, oh, they're going to break. You know why I think that is why the pitch I actually think it's because they're counting him down and it's like a natural human reaction to talk faster. Maybe. Seriously. And also, you know, during that era, there was also an extra super tell that on top of Cole saying it, the minute his cadence would go up, the USA logo in the corner would disappear. (laughs) Like, and I would be like, oh, we're going to break. Yeah, usually it'd be in this order. Someone gets thrown to the outside. Right. Cole's voice rises and the USA logo disappears all right. in that order. Yeah, yeah. Like without fail. Like almost like as soon as like there was like a detector of his cadence and like the USA logo just shuts off when it's it hears real. it. Yeah. It's actually real folks. We're back now where the Undertaker sneaks up on Sid but flares back in. He chops away on Sid and he holds Sid for the Taker who comes off the top rope with a nice forearm. Double noggin knocker by Sid gets a big pop. Flair flop. Hogan reaches for the tag and he gets it. Hogan's in with big rights on Flair and Taker. Paul Bearer hops up on the apron and gets punched as well. Perfect sneaks in, snags Hogan's leg. Flair comes up from behind and clips Hogan's knee. 
So now Flair just goes to work on the knee, clamps on that figure four. And now here's where there's like definite fake booze. Yes. Like it's like all of a sudden, boo. It's probably to cover f- cheering for Flair, right? Because well, it's cool. Like you never yeah. get to see him do the figure four, especially in WF. He like rarely gets it. Especially like, at Hogan. Only on like jobbers. Yeah, right, you know? right. So this is a big deal. It's Flair and Hogan, folks. Right. I got to give Hogan credit here. His selling is actually really good. You know, oh, God, you know, yeah, the usual. He's still a professional. He's great. He's I mean, just, I don't know what his character's his, like, assy. I don't get it. Like, right. I, I don't understand why it's like he, it's like after 90, especially, it's just like this, oh, I can cheat because I'm a face and get away with <laughs> it. It's right. like, it's like, fuck you. Like, why is that fair? And, and Bobby, for whatever reason, I guess it's not how Bobby is, doesn't call it out. Yeah, the way Jesse would. Right, Jesse would be like, Jesse's like, this is bullshit. <laughs> Imagine, like, yeah, Sid didn't do anything wrong, McMahon. Yeah. Imagine, I know they don't have Bobby. Act God, like man, that, imagine him at Rumble '92. How fucking outraged <laughs> yeah. Jesse would have been. Wait a minute, Monsoon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hogan shouldn't be out there illegally pulling him out. Why are they blaming Sid for this? Yeah. Like, what? He was number number two. He should be the number one contender. Yep. Like, absolutely. You know? uh, meanwhile, Sid turns around to adjust his knee pads, which is amazing. So Hogan's writhing in pain in the figure four <laughs> sits on the apron just like calmly adjusting his knee pads to the yeah, crowd <laughs> and you can see people cheering him for that yeah. they're like yay hogan crawls for the tag and sid just stands there quinn sid's face of disgust is like just amazing and it serves hulk right honestly yeah. because like it's abrupt when he does it but if you were watching the promo before you knew that at that point sid was like fuck this guy yeah. like you know what i mean like when he went out by himself he made a decision that I'm going to intentionally screw him halfway through because if you notice also at the beginning of the match the big happy tag and everything that was all him just trying to like lull Hulk in he was like waiting for this time he was like waiting for him to be weakened and then he'd be like ha ha and (laughs) you know what I mean like you suck and in this context Quinn it's not like he has some secret alliance with Flair and Undertaker. No, he has no. He just wants right. to. He's like mad at this guy. Right. Because that'd be dumb. If he was aligned with them, then why would he wrestle them to begin with? Right. right. Like, why no. would he have offense He still on doesn't them? like them. He doesn't like them either. He's just like, this guy's an asshole. Right. And he deserves a taste of his own medicine. If he can do everything himself, then do it himself. Yep. Like, I don't need to help him. That's exactly right. So we get Taker in now with an Irish whip and a beautiful flying clothesline by the Undertaker. Flair back in now. Now Beefcake is begging Sid to do something. Shut up, ass muncher. Oh, like, please! Please tag him! Please help Hulk! I need to sniff his underpants <laughs> after, and I won't be able to do that if he gets beat now because he hasn't shit them yet. <sighs> Fucking Brutus Beef. He's awful! 92 Beefcake is bad, yeah. yeah. Flair gets up top, gets thrown off, of course. It's Ric Flair in a heel match here. Hogan crawls over for the tag. <laughs> in the funniest moment of the match, as Hogan reaches for the Sid grabs the tag rope and like looks at it. <laughs> it's just hilarious. It's not even trying to tag him at all. Just like tinkering with it's like, the rope. What's what's this? Yeah. Like, like oh my knee knee pads loose. Like, amazing. They even have to put in fake booze for Sid because it's funny. Yeah, you people, know people in the crowd are laughing. Yeah, because it's it's just over the top. Yeah, yeah. Flair back in now. Some chops are no sold, and we get the Hulk up, but Taker storms in. Pretty sure we get fake Hulk chance now to mix with fake booing. Can they just turn the machine off? Like it's too much. Yeah. Boo. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. It's like it's calm. Behind the referee's back. Here he goes again. He's going to try to make that tag. You're in the wrong corner, dummy. Double clothesline now by the Hulker. Everyone is down. Okay. Also, can't Hogan just take the fucking loss like seriously? This is this. This is this again from like it's the mega other, powers. It's the mega powers thing. Yep. 
It's like, why couldn't he just lose right here? Why? Yeah, he it never costs him anything. It's just like he gets his why feelings not, hurt. By the way, why did they not get this, right? Like that if he loses... This is why he should be so fucking pissed at right. Sid, right? It's like, I took a loss because you Hulk Hogan doesn't take losses. Like, right. fuck you. You know, then you you kind of relate too, right? You're like, well, Hulk's got a right to be mad because he lost a match because of this guy. Right, instead, to the guy that he's got to wrestle for the title. Instead, it's just like, oh, he had to work a little harder. He still got his win. I, I know. It's like, well, I don't feel bad for him. He was already getting his ass kicked anyway. Before he got over to Sid. Right. So all Sid did was not tag him, but he was already losing the match. Right. Sid didn't so make I don't that feel happen. Fucking bad. I know. You know what I mean? Spike the Undertaker for crying out I loud. Just, I hate this shit. It's the second time, and this time they don't have the rope as much because yeah. it's not Randy Savage. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Yes. It's ridiculous. So Hogan reaches out to Sid one more time here, but Sid finally hops off the apron and starts to leave. It's funny. It is funny the way he's just leaving. And because he's an idiot, Beefcake, you know, Mr. Hey, don't hit my face, grabs Sid from behind and yells at him. Yeah. So Sid's like, I'll fucking hit you. Yeah, it's like, we're in the heat of the moment here. Yeah. Like, I don't remember that your face is broken. And I don't care anyway. Yeah. So, of course, Beefcake's like, no, no. I'm a lady. Don't hit me. The heels double team the hoaxer now while Beefcake acts like a big fucking ass sniff at ringside. It's horrible. Flair tosses Earl, which is fine with me, but that that's the DQ. Seriously, the shitty win like that. <laughs> what? This is ass. Total ass. How does he get the win? It's bullshit. It doesn't cost Hogan anything. It was like 12 seconds of Sid not tagging him. Yeah. He was already God losing. God forbid he felt some tiredness right. for 12 seconds. He was already getting his ass kicked. Has his royal fucking sin. highness has to lift a fucking finger for once. So now Beefcake sneaks in, and then he cheers on Hogan while Hogan kicks the heels. That you like literally like does yeah. the punch motions. <sighs> like remember that one scene in the Wonder Years where it's like early Wonder Years, mm-hmm. where, where Wayne and Kevin are having a brawl in their bedroom, and Paul is there like cheering oh, Kevin yeah, on. Like, Come on, Kevin! He's like hit the doing punch. the punches. He's doing like you got to punch like this, you know. That's beefcake. Yeah, I'm it's, not it's kidding. That. It's that you're right. It's Paul cheering Kevin on like big ass sniffer. <laughs> yeah, like season one Wonder Years. It's like why doesn't Wayne get a cheering <laughs> yeah. section? Like, you know what I mean? Why is only Kevin butthead? Yeah. Anyway, Hogan finally clears the ring. He wins by DQ, and beefcake is all annoying. <laughs> Bobby's all like, "Why did he win? Like, I don't even get. Like, it, it was so quick, right? Like, Bobby's like, he was. Wait, what? Like, why did he?" Win. Why he win the match? So then we throw to Sean Mooney, who's in the locker room with Sid. And he's all like, you turned your back on your friend. Like, shut the fuck up, Mooney. Like, isn't it a little late for you and your shit? Like, seriously. Like, and Sid, I'm so mad at him right now. Like, Mooney, during, during yeah, this, he's he terrible. is so bad. Sid thankfully tells him to shut up. And he's yeah, like, good. He's like, we were never friends. I don't need any friends. Good. I know. And he's still pissed that Hogan's the number one contender. And I get it. Sid was the last one eliminated. So he accuses Tony of always showing favoritism towards Hogan. He's, he's not, not wrong. wrong. Every time Tony's like, I have to announce the number one contender. Every fucking time without fail. Like every time, it's crap. It doesn't anybody else work here? I know. Like, does anybody else like win <gasps> matches? Like, think about it for real though. Like when he, whenever he's got to announce number one contender, you would think, well, Ted DiBiase never loses, or like somebody like that. Jim Duggan never loses. Yeah, why don't they get a title shot? Right. You know, it's crap. Roddy Piper never loses. It's always Hawk Hogan. And yes, oh God, yes. Yeah, yeah it's so terrible. 
Also, though, Sid rules the world, he says, and I love Sid. I'm okay with all of this. Sid's good here. Yeah. He's not even wrong Within about anything. his rights. Like, enough. I, I know. Enough. He's actually right. Yeah. Back to Hogan and Beefcake taking forever to leave the fucking ring as we go to break. We come back where Mean Gene Hall is with Hogan and Beefcake. And for reasons I just don't understand, Hogan has his bandana and his chain back on. Like, at least Because this wasn't filmed. Yeah, like, at least try to make it look like it's not pre-taped. Yeah, why can't they, like, dump water on themselves right. and, like, no clothes on does anyone really believe yeah. hogan went back there and put his bandana back on oh, and he put his bald chain? and insecure about it maybe it's like immediately like maybe he has in his contract that some like goober hands him his it's like as soon as he gets back there a big diva yeah <laughs> it's like i need my bandana brother and yeah. now now here's here's the irony is so thick you could cut it with a knife right he says sid's an asshole because he wasn't there for the tag and i just need to hold up everyone stop hogan illegally fucking eliminated Sid from the Royal Rumble for crying out loud. Like, it's true. Hulk Hogan started this. All Sid did was wrestle within the rules of the match. Right. That's all he did. Hogan's yeah. like, oh my god, what a jerk, you know? Yeah. Like, what the fuck? He the- pulled him out of the ring! It's like, Hogan is, it's, it's like he's acting, Joe, like, how dare he want a title shot? Yeah. Like, I'm the one that always gets it. It doesn't matter if I lost <laughs> right. or some shit. I'm supposed to get it. I, I win. I because get this. everyone wants to see Ric Flair versus Hulk. That, right. This felt super meta, too. Like, as yeah. if, like, he's like, Sid's interfering with this, like, once-in-a-lifetime right. match, right? Yeah. But, like, you gotta get there, bro. Like, you gotta win the matches so that the big match happens. Right. Like, Flair won his shit. Yes. Like, you know what I mean? Hulk didn't. And Sid might have won if it wasn't for for Hogan. Yeah. In theory, Sid versus Flair was the match based on the rules and stuff. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Wouldn't it have made more sense if Sid got eliminated by accident by Hogan and then Sid was on the floor and pulled Hogan out? I gotta say, this is a situation where they could have used the, like, Final Four shit where they had, like, a match where it was, like, Savage. savage. <laughs> because... Savage, Sid, and Hogan. Like, oh. and I, well, it can't be Flair, but, like, whoever was five wasn't, like, Rick Martell or some shit. I don't know. It was know. Rick Martell. I'm not kidding. Yeah, it might have been. Yeah. <laughs> Well, oh, there you go. Final four right I'm there. Winter, face, winter win. face is Ric Flair. <laughs> Rick Martell versus Ric Flair. Big match. It's going to happen, baby. Uh, anyway, Beefcake looks really, 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 really stupid here as Hogan drones on and on about how they're big friends. They've always been friends. Friends till the end. Hang, bang, boats, hose, cocaine, propane. My face hurts. Blah, blah, blah. And Hogan dedicates his title match against Flair to Beefcake. Yes, yeah, sure. Something about how Hogan gave Beefcake his blood and they're one now. And that's why he'll beat Ric Flair because he's got Beef's blood in him. What? Why is he taught? Also, Beefcake literally has done nothing to help Hulk Hogan. He's his career is over. Like he's done. (laughs) All he's done is just like cower. That's it. He's just he's literally (laughs) cowered in the corner. He's like, don't hurt me. He's just in fact, he's been like a pain in the ass. Yeah, it's a liability. I got to go save him. I got to go save his face. Fucking princess is in another castle. Meanwhile, back in the ring, why is this here? Duggan and Slaughter are taking on the Beverly, but who cares? Ugh, this Volkov-style crap all over. I hate yeah, this. It, what is this on here? Why is this on this thing? Yeah, they're like, well, we, we can't have the Undertaker enter the ring. We yeah. gotta squeeze in this fucking Jim Duggan match. Nobody wanted to see that. I didn't even, they didn't even say it was on the card. <laughs> they're like, they didn't even mention it. You're right. Yeah, it's just like, oh, now here's this thing with Duggan and Sarge. What? More like, what? 
we don't want this. I don't want Beverly Brothers on, on, on a main thing? What? Anyway, Danny Davis is the referee. His hair is actually okay as Blake and Duggan are in clothesline by Duggan. Slaughter already looks like he should be the commissioner, by the way. Just like all uh, old. He's all fat. All what fat. happened? It's only like a couple months since he was like a huge threat. I don't know. Bo attacks Duggan from the apron with Genius's scroll. That's such a waste of time. Genius quotes lyrics to Gilgan's Island to the what? camera. Owen now with the cover. I don't even know which one that is. I just made up the names. Meanwhile, Bobby makes a joke about Duckin's eyes in the Iraq War. Can you just fit that? I was just like, it actually made me laugh. Moment to play the clip. Yep. General Schwarzkopf wanted to have Duggan right there. Because he figured with his eyes, he could look and see the tanks coming and the planes up above without ever moving his head. Oh, what a wise guy. Duggan flops around as literally no one cares at all. They don't even bother with the fake cheering on this. They're just like, we know. <laughs> no one. No it's one. like a piss break match, yeah, I think, for really, the people at home. It really is. Slaughter in with a mild tag. Backdrop, hot abdominal stretch, but Bo, I think, breaks it up. All four guys are in now. Body slam by Slaughter. He ducks a scroll shot, lands one of his own on Blake. Close on by Duggan. Slaughter gets the pin. That was very irritating. Yep. At least we got the good Duggan music. Yeah, other than true. that, that's yeah. true. For like two seconds, it's just like, oh, we got to tell yeah. you about this fucking Randy Savage shit. We right? waste like no time yeah. going to the Jake Savage feud. Yeah. Vince literally gave zero fucks about this match. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So good win there. Okay. So bet anyway. Jake Roberts or Randy yeah, Savage. Yeah, exactly. A snake, blah, <laughs> yeah. blah, blah. <laughs> so back in November, a snake bit Savage for like three hours or something. The fact that this was real is sort of nuts. He really bit like him. Savage like, yeah, let the yeah, snake bite me, brother. Oh, have him chew on me. It's, I it can't is, even, uh, like they showed it. It is devenomized, right? And make sure it bites you. Remember he had it. The I'm story not, is he had it bite Jake first. Right. You can do it, but make sure it bites you first. So, yeah. Well, you, actually, I can understand that not from like a trust no, perspective. Me too. I can understand what the idea is actually that if Jake experiences it, he knows how long it takes before he's got to rip that thing off before True. it hurts. Like yeah. Jake could be like, okay, like it hurt about after like five seconds. So let right. me rip it off then. Right. And the snake wouldn't let go. Right. That's why it when took Jake, so long. Yeah. When Jake did it to himself, they were able to just get it off yeah. right away. But Jake, after that, was like, he couldn't, he was like, it won't come off, brother. Like he's like, it's yep. like, I can't get this thing to fucking come That's off. That's why it was That's so like long. That's like a famous story, right? And it died afterwards, too. Yeah. Because I think Savage was more poisonous than the snake. <laughs> That's a joke. Yeah. But anyway, at this Tuesday in Texas, you know, Savage had a match with Jake. He beat Jake, but afterwards, the unthinkable happened. Jake the Snake Roberts slapped Elizabeth, which you don't do. What an absolute fucker. Like, fuck him so much. She like, didn't I was do anything. So, like, anytime I've seen this, yeah. like, it just, it annoys me. Asshole. Yeah. She's just like, get off my husband. Like, That's what the hell? And then he's like, slap. And it, it's like one Dick. of the most unwarranted things yeah. in WF. Greasy heel motherfucker, right? Yeah, I love it. It's a great... I, no, it's great. Yeah. It pisses me off, but I mean, I love it as the like story. a storytelling thing. Absolutely. Because it's like, there's no ambiguity. It's just like Jake is hard. He's an asshole. Yeah. Uh, and then we cut to him looking extra greasy here, <laughs> saying he's like, oh, Liz, if you're here tonight, I'm going to do uh, I'm gonna do more stuff to you. Damn. Like, there's there's implications, yeah. folks. There really are. Yeah. So we cut and we come back to Jake staggering down the aisle, all heel and just greasy and hairy. We go over to Mean Gene, who's with Randy Savage. He's in his like, WWE fan club attire. You it's know, the action get, figure. Yeah. Like the actual it, action it's figure. It's that one, the white one. Where, get the fan club. You get yeah. a cassette and a birthday tape. Or whatever the, the like small ooh yeah on his collar. It's horrible. Like just on the left one or whatever. He looks like such a clown. Yeah. But what a good promo. Of course, it's Randy Savage. Somehow he manages to cut a serious <laughs> promo looking like a moron. Like literally looking like he should be getting paid to do birthday parties. Yeah. Literally. Exactly. Easter bunny mode. Yeah, that one. Yeah. He, but it was great promo. He's like, uh, I might be insane. Uh, 
It might make you insane to see your lady get slapped by another guy. He's on the edge. He's fucking pissed. Yep. Maybe I am insane, but maybe it's time to find out just how insane I am. And a few men out there were forced to watch your wife, or your woman, or your main squeeze, yeah, begging to another man, and then getting slapped by another man. That might make you look upset. Any man can understand, <laughs> and any woman too, yeah. that if... Somebody did this in front of your face to your girl. You would beat the fucking shit yeah, out of him. And both the the guys understand the feeling, and the women understand that their man would do the same thing Hell for yeah. them. Like so, it's like it's kind of like a. It's very relatable, very and that's relatable. why it works so much. You're just like that, Jake the Snake. Like, there's not one person that's like okay with what he did. It's not like one of those like oh heels are cool situations. No, he's like, a jerk. It's like no, this was out of line he's straight up a jerk yeah. and he sexually wants to do things to elizabeth he right. said that several times uh we go back to him dicking around in the ring as his heel theme is still playing he just looks so dirty sleazy like he owns a chop shop or yeah, fake like, rolex you know dripping slime yeah, practically greasy yeah. greasy <laughs> motherfucker uh savage's music hits big pop he just storms the fuck out defiantly jake yeah. bales immediately savage hits the ring chases after him they slug it out on the floor rammed to the post by savage just kicks jake right in the dick and they brawl good and you know what i like about this joe yeah it's like they don't do the thing that they would probably do now where like the face immediately be like oh he's too much in a rage and that's why jake's winning like immediately no. Instead, they're like, no, like Jake can't fight that anger. He is fucked. Savage like this guy, pissed. this guy is not gonna like. If you punch him, he's not gonna take. He's just gonna it, adrenaline rush. Like it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like he is so mad. That's the angle they go with yeah. here for the most part. Like right? Jake can't do a thing to him. Yeah, you know. Jake even tries to kick him in the dick, but Savage and runs away. But Savage grabs a hold of his wrist, slams his wrist right into the post. They now tumble to the floor near the guardrail. Hebner tries to break it all up. This angle really is great. And yep. part it's just part of the creative renaissance to me. It's like one of the huge like pillar angles during it's this huge. time period. This is it's good. Yeah. Savage runs over, grabs a chair, tosses it into the ring. Hebner gets rid of it right away, but Savage just with a foot choke on Snake on the apron there. Big knee to the back by Savage and he hammers away. This is just good Quinn. It's gritty, it's brawly. And now Jake's nose is like legit messed up here. Yeah. I don't know how that happened cuz I don't think he had it when he came out. I don't think so. There was yeah. probably one shot just he yeah. hit him by accident or something. But yeah, he's got like his legit nose is busting. They they comment on it also. Yeah, uh, Jake gets an eye poke in finally and tosses Savage to the floor. He staggers though, so Savage just runs right back in and attacks him from behind. Jake's able to toss Savage to the floor again. Savage actually crashes all the way into the guardrail. Jake follows down after, rams him into the post. Bobby thinks Jake's nose is broken, which Vince hilariously sarcastic yeah. my heart bleeds for him yeah like, Vince all like fuck him like, you know, awesome. it's like I don't care his nose is broken McMahon broken my heart bleeds for it my heart bleeds Another ram to the post by Jake as we go to break. We're back now where Savage is crawling his way back into the ring he's able to reverse corner whip nail a back elbow head all the way to the top for the double axe fist to the gut by Jake and then the DDT oh shit like and the fans cheered but the fake boos are like muffling yeah, it. Yeah, they have I, to. Here's the thing: it's like you have to remember, it's and I always say this: it's like Jake only has the DDT on jobbers. He never ever gets it on like a big rare. name. It's very rare to get it on the Macho Man. You're like, oh, he's screwed. And like this, Jake the Snake got the DDT. Like it's over. And this is the era where the DDT, even though Jake was a heel, it still always got a pop. 
Yeah, it's, it's like it's legacy, right? You know what it's I mean? Like, people are like, no, he ain't getting up for that. Right, like, it's grandfathered know? in to like right. get a pop. Yeah, that's all there is to I it. I still love how the DDT was always protected, and it's just deadly. Yeah, oh, it yeah. is deadly. No, absolutely. But here, instead of the cover, Jake just plays to the crowd, farts around, and then he just sits in the corner. I like, love it. Yeah, like because I love it because also Jake's got that confidence that like, no, the DDT, I can just toy with him yep. now because now that he's evil. Yep, he's not gonna like just pin him. He's gonna fuck with him. Yep, and he continues to. He grabs Savage back up, lands another short clothesline. And then the sarcastic clap for Savage, who's <laughs> just about dead. Yeah, I know. Like, yeah, Jake. Like, yeah, Jake's like, yeah, yeah, he did good. Yeah, yeah he, he did good, right. Yeah. So he goes for another DDT, but Savage grabs his leg and backdrops Roberts to the floor, goes up top, double axe, which actually shoots Jake onto the guardrail a la Steamboat. It's a nice callback. Right? Because now Jake, after he hits that too, is like, oh, my throat, my yep. throat. Like, and it's like, it's literally like, reverse steamboat yep it's like this guy's so fucked up yep that savage did the same exact thing he did to steamboat but savage is getting cheered yeah. for it like well, he didn't do anything wrong this time right. and it also like i love that that's always like the legacy like if savage is gonna hurt you it's gonna be your throat because he does that axe handle thing yeah to the like, guardrail yeah exactly so he tosses jake back in heads all the way up top and the flying elbow connects we got one two Three! Crowd loves it. Nice finish. Awesome finish. One, two, three! He got him! So Savage takes this opportunity to head back up top again. A gaggle of officials storm in. Savage doesn't care. He lands another elbow anyway. And he's like, no, I'm beating this guy up more. Get the fuck out of the <laughs> yeah. way. And the nice visual of him, like, jumping through all the officials. It's awesome. Like, that never happened. They never, they always stop. <laughs> yeah. Instead, Savage's like, no, I'm not, the, the fuck you move. <laughs> yeah. If you get hit, sorry. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? That's what happened. Yeah. And he did it. It's great. And then he hops out of the ring. Gets the bell in another awesome callback. It's call so back. fucking good because, yeah, it's it's literally reverse Savage. Yeah. Steamboat. Like, he's like, no, I'm going to hurt this guy. <laughs> yeah. And that's one of his go-to things to hurt people is right, the, the ring, ring bell. bell. So Tony Gurria and Rene Aguilera are like, no, please don't do that. In the meantime, Jake is able to slither out, as Vince says. He escapes. It's like he, the fifth time he said slither. We forgot to mention that. says it all the time. You're right. Like, yeah, slithering. <laughs> I hate it horrible so he crawls up the aisle savage is just tossing referees around meanwhile there's this one ref in there i've never seen he kind of looks like the dunkin donuts man Can i just say there's so many people in the world that sort of look like the dunkin donuts man and it bothers me that there's that many of them it's a common look yeah weird right yeah <laughs> columbian coffee guy looks like the dunkin Mama donuts does, guy. Yeah. yeah there's a lot of them yeah uh, savage's music hits and now liz runs out in a nice green dress and for once liz is actually happy not concerned not scared, not like ner- j- she's so, just happy. I love this shit right here because, like, so what this is supposed to represent, the, the Liz is supposed to kind of indicate to you, like, okay, he got him, right? He it's hurt, over. He hurt Jake, went away, like, all like choked up, like, he's yep. all fucked up, like, Jake's done. It's Savage over. has defeated him. It is over. Jake is hurt. Like, it's done. Savage and Liz can go off into the sunset. Yep. Their marriage is uninterrupted now. Finally. Yeah. However, as uh, Savage is celebrating with Liz, we get a shot backstage. Jake is watching on from the back, just peering through the curtain. And then we get this cold ending here, where we come back from commercial, where Vince is thanking the cameramen, like acting like he's not sure if they're on the air. So yeah, I want to say that the one nice touch here is that, but they also like showed like the end logo. 
Yeah, it's like the show ended in this like cold ending. It was afterwards. like a black screen for like two seconds, but the sound was still there. Yep. And then the video came back up, and then yeah, like you're right. Vince. It's amazing because Vince is just like he's like, "Good job, everyone yeah. in the truck and all this it's shit." Funny. Like and and then they start to see the Jake thing, and Vince is like, "Is anyone filming yeah. this?" Like, like, are you guys still recording? And I like the way this is done. This yeah. is very ahead of WWF's time. Well, this is actually to me, this is the thing. That you always bitch about in the later era where they would do like backstage stuff, but they would like act like why, like they wouldn't explain why there was a camera there, or whatever. Yeah. This is, this is different where it's like they're acknowledging they're like, they're like, we don't even know we're on the air. Like, are Vince, we still on the air or not? Like Vince is acting like, oh, there's, that's weird. There's like something on my monitor. Is anybody seeing this? Yeah. Like, you are know you recording I mean? this? Is yeah. anyone hearing this? Right. Right. It's just really well done. And uh, Jake is wielding a chair now from behind the curtain. Savage and Liz are on their way down in the aisle. Vince is pleading for security. Anyone that's listening and seeing this. And what I like about this is because it's supposed to be off the air, even Bobby's like, oh my God. Yeah. Like, you know, like, like it's like, he's not heel, right? He's he, just Bobby. Like just behind the scene. Yeah. He's just a human. He's like, oh my God, he's going to hit him. Yeah. Like, you know, they're not going to see it coming. Whew. So like, it's gone too far. Yeah. Like this Bobby. is even too far for Bobby. Heenan, right. Yeah. Right. So Savage and Liz are approaching the curtain. They walk through. Jake ramps up and the Undertaker yanks the chair away. Fucking awesome. Yeah, it's like, what? <laughs> this is such a great face turn. Like, I know. This is like why like it made sense like for all the time that Undertaker was faced. Because the fact that he would like help a, like, a woman that was about to get hit was yeah. like, oh, he's not just a weird like dark zombie man right. like he's got feelings you know it's amazing like he's got more a moral compass even though he's dead right like, you know what i mean <laughs> it's like you don't do that you know morbid compass yeah uh savage finds a chair and nails jake with it as vince calls jake a son of a bitch which is bleeped but he does say well, it's, it's awesome. good because it should be it's like they think they're off the air yeah like what a son of a like bitch. vince doesn't have to hold back his anger right you know good yeah and then we get this awesome shot of the undertaker and paul bearer just looking down on jake all stupidly it's amazing it's I weird because it. undertaker's doing like the pose he's yeah. just like yes and paul bearer's like oh, oh yeah, yeah he's nodding like, up and down it's don't very fuck fun. with me <laughs> yeah. i'm a zombie wizard fuck you you don't uh, do that in here <laughs> And that's how we end, but I love it, man. Overall, for me, this is very good, very entertaining. Everything mattered except that one stupid tag match in the middle. For me, it's a mix, mixed bag. Lots of good, but definitely some bad with the Hulk and Friends well, stuff. Like, that's annoying, yeah. That really pissed me off. <laughs> Like I, I, it's been a while since like I've been pissed off on a review here. Like I don't, it just triggered something that and the and the presentation. But like I liked everything else. You're right, and the show. weird Beverly shit that but, was pointless. Yeah, but it, good the angles show. were good. The yeah. angles were good. The angles were all good and good way to start off what I'm sure is a very long run on Fox, right? Yeah, oh, it's it's the longest. <laughs> I'm sure they're gonna have tons of these. Uh, but yeah, folks, we hope you like this. You're speaking along. We know the show went a little long, but it was worth it here as we as as we have romped you through the world of retro wrestling yet again. Uh, next week, Quinn, it'll be 189, and you know what that means. It means you get to say the, sh- the show I number can't in a say funny it right way. Until, no. Until we can't say it right now. You'll have to wait for next week, folks. Not until next week when we come back with that. And in the meantime, of course, follow us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Shoot us an email. Join the group. We mean it. You'll like it there. And also, if you want all the pay-per-view reviews and you want to help us out, patreon.com slash OVP Podcast. But until next week, I'm Joe Morata. That's Michael Quinn. We're out of here. See ya. Have you guys 
in the truck can hear me. Thank you very much for all your help tonight, all the cameramen, all hey, the McMahon, machine thanks operators. For, thanks for hogging the whole show, too, you know. I thought this was one of your worst efforts. I've been one of my worst efforts. Yeah. Hey, what's going on? Uh, are you guys still recording this? Are we hot? Hello? If you guys are, are still recording. I hope you got what he wanted. That's the curtain you go through to get to the ring. I'll tell you something. It does not matter which one of them comes through the curtain. Because one of them, one of them is going to get this, and I don't care which one. Oh, oh my hey, God. Somebody get some security over there. If anyone can hear me on the headset, God. he's going to take them both God. out with you one shot. You better get somebody over there right now. Right now. What do you cameraman? If you can hear me, it doesn't matter who you are. Stop this right now. Just on the other side. On the other side of the curtain. Don't let it come through. He's Wait a minute, they're going to go through the, the curtain. Yeah, he's waiting for the guy. No, the Undertaker. What the hell is he doing there? What is going on? Are you guys recording this or not? What's... Oh, my God. Look at that. Oh. A shot he took. Savage all over, Jake. 